Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. It is another season preview, but this one, Islander fans, totally dedicated to you. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, who actually got the, the, the intro right and didn't have to worry about screwing that up. And I'm joined by the man who is looking forward to not saying the words COVID ever again while covering his team, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Hey, Mark, uh... Do you happen do you happen to know what what area code Matt Barzell is going to be playing his hockey in for the next eight years? Uh, I believe it should be five one six, Anthony, and, and that is actually exactly where we're going to be starting off. Because yes, last night we did our New York Rangers preview, as well as getting some of Phil's thoughts on the NHL. We're going to get Anthony's thoughts on who's going to be the MVP, the Vesna Trophy winner, Rookie of the Year, and the Norris Trophy winner. And we're also going to begin with that news that Anthony was just talking about breaking yesterday. Matt Barzell signs an eight-year, $9.15 million annual average contract, and it's an extension, so it doesn't kick in until next year. And unlike uh, the Nathan McKinnon extension, the Islanders already have him under the cap next year, so they have $3 million available. I think it's actually 3.4. I'd have to look at it again. But... There is already so many good things about this deal. It's a modest raise for him, and it locks him up for a long time. Anthony, your thoughts on, unfairly or not, you could call this the reverse John Tavares. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, this is, you know, th this is big. It, it's not signing a, you know, UFA from the outside, but, um, you know, Barzell could have, you know, he could have easily – um, curb negotiations, uh, you know, kick the can down the road, if you so to speak, um, you know, be ar arbitration eligible, take a one year deal um, and then walk him to, you know, unrestricted free agency in two years. But no, he didn't do that. Um, you know, he committed to the franchise with an eight year deal. Um, you know, and he said yesterday, he's like, why wouldn't you want to play here? It's proximity to the city. It's a it's a elite lifestyle. Um, you know, new arena, great practice facility. He loves the boys in the locker room. So, um, you know, the, yeah, it, it was it was a big day for the Islanders and the organization with with re-signing Barzell yesterday. Um, and you know, it's it's you know, it's a fair deal. Um, I I've seen I've seen some comments on Twitter, mostly mostly from Ranger fans, believe it or not, but um, talking about oh, nine millions high for Barzell for what you know he produces. You have you have to look outside the box, and you got to take your you know Ranger glasses off or whatever fan you are that criticizes it, and realize something. You know Matt Barzell for the last what Mark three four years playing under Barry Trotz, he was pounded into submission with defense first, um, which is not his forte, and really tried to instill with him on becoming a you know a defensive minded player, and kind of you know and kind of neutered his offensive ability. I mean, this is a guy, when you look at him, Mark, he's got elite edge work. Probably, honestly, as far as edge work goes, you could probably say he's probably got the best in the league. Uh, Speed-wise, you know, I'll still say Connor McDavid is, is faster just because he's Connor McDavid. But if you remember, Mark, uh, mm -hmm. Barzell still holds the record for um, – he's still the reigning champion of the fastest skater. He wasn't in it last year, but the guy who won did not beat his time when Barzell dethroned McDavid. So – 
he's got elite skating, elite speed, elite um, playmaking ability, uh, elite stick handling. This is a guy, if you, if you took him out of the Islanders and you put him on the, you know, Avalanche, the, the, the Rangers, I mean, you, you name a team, he's scoring 85 points, which is what he did in his rookie year. It's, that, that's a safe bet. Um, it's just the system that he was trained to really focus on defense kind of took away from his offensive freedom. So don't misconstrue that. Yes, he, he's getting paid $9.1 million, and you look 59 points last year, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's way too high. But again, look at how skilled he is, and then if you put him on another team, he's producing at an elite level. And you know what, Mark? Barzell, Barzell himself knows that. So there was, like I said in our group chat yesterday, yesterday there was no way – that he was not going to take anything less than, you know, what he got paid around, you know, eight, nine million. He's not going to take a discount just because he plays for a, a team that's very defensive structured. He's, he simply wasn't going to do it. So um, I think it's a fair deal for, for both sides. Um, Lane Lambert is apparently going to loosen the strings a little bit on, on Trox's system. Um, still heavy focus on defense, but I think he's going to give Barzell more freedom to create. Um, so Barzell's point total is going to, is going to go up again. Will he do 85 his rookie year? I mean, I don't know. I can't say, but I would, I would really, I'd bet my house. I could tell you he's going to score more than 59. Um, I'll be conservative and say he'll probably score maybe 73, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, scored in the 80 range. He's got a long-term deal that the team made a commitment to him. I'm sure he wants to live up to that. Um, so we'll see. But overall, great, great day for the Islanders and their organization. It is a great day. And we talked about stuff like this, Anthony, all summer long, that the Islanders need to make a statement to the rest of the league and say, we are a big time franchise. If Barzell walks out the door, free agency or demands to be traded, a la Matthew Kachuk, it would have been devastating again for this franchise. This one is sort of a statement of we have a star and he wants to be here. Not And again, I still defend John Tavares. I think John Tavares did want to be here. I just think that there were indications and other things that were pulling him around. But it's just as far as Matt Barzell goes, the, they got him. He's He's got a world of talent. He's a great skater, as you said. I look at his 65 points and his plus 15 almost better than I look at the 85 points and the minus 15 and the minus 15 that he was last season. So, I mean, just because a player produces better offensively doesn't mean exactly you want them to be better defensively, but also let's be honest about something else. He's playing with Zach Parise and um, who was it last year? Was it Andrews Lee? And uh, in, the, in the, in the beginning, but then towards the end, they saw the chemistry that Lee had with Nelson and, and Lee was playing with Nelson and Barzell was playing with a with Parise and just a revolving door of players on that other side. Right. So, I mean, this year it should be, at some point, Oliver Wallstrom, I would say. And if you get Oliver Wallstrom playing with them, that could be beneficial to both players, more on Oliver Wallstrom in a minute. But it's – they are – they need to get more talent next to Barzell because – you talk about his elite level and a lot of things. He's an elite level playmaker and he opens up the ice for other guys. I'm not sure if Anders Lee is right, the right guy to play with him. No, I, think he's I, don't, 
I don't I don't think so. I, I think Lee is um not suited for his not suited for his game. He worked well with Eberly because Eberly skated well in transition. Um and Eberly is the goal scorer as well as being able to make a good pass. So that's a player that he that he needs. Anthony mm-hmm. Beauvillier has the speed like Eberly, so he could fit that role. I know during his first year here, um Beauvillier, Eberly, and Barzell played together. Um you know, maybe they could try Beauvillier, but yeah, they, there's there's options. But you're right; they they need a more consistent line mate for him. That's not Anders Lee. And I gotta say, we were talking about this when we were talking about his 32 thoughts interview. I threw up the quote that you were talking about before with Lane Lambert, and it, it just the interview sounded like a guy that wanted to be here and knew that the the team wanted to pay him too. So it wasn't going to be the end of the world for Barzell to be just paid eventually. I'm surprised it happened so fast because it didn't sound like it was going to be during the season, but you know what? Good for the Islanders and good for everybody involved on this. That's a great job. And you know, it's going to lead us right into our preview of the Islanders season right now, because Hey, you could do the C the, the preview. You don't have breaking news to go with before you do the preview, by the way, if you happen to notice I'm wearing the big apple hockey hat, And you can get yours on our eBay link, which is in the link below. They are going pretty fast. Anthony's got the white one, and I got the blue one right here. Uh, Also, uh, football season is upon us. Sign up at betus.com. 125% bonus. And one guy that would be happy about laying down some bets on there would be that guy to my – wait, hold on. Which way am I pointing? (laughs) You'd be my right. So, yeah. Yeah. the mirrored the mirrored screens are hard because the Buffalo Bills are playing well too. So that's awesome. Yeah, they, they made me they made me sweat a little bit, but uh, they came back and got the W. So yeah, well, fortunately, you're three and one, just like uh, my Dolphins, yeah. and you have a quarterback that knows where he is right now. Yeah, <laughs> as I'll be going, I'm actually going to the game this Sunday, so I can't believe I'm going to do that. So Anthony, we're going to into our Islanders season preview. You look at the result from last year after making two consecutive Easter Conference Finals. They finished two games over NHL 584 points. And, you know, it obviously was a disappointing season. You picked the Islanders to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. I picked the Islanders to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. A lot of people had the Islanders winning the Cup. So, mm-hmm. Anthony, usually I say, what went right? We're going to get your take on what went wrong first. Um, I mean, where, I mean, where do you start here? So many different options. Uh, well, first, you know, I think the the 13 game road trip, um, you know, had them a little disjointed. I I think, you know, they did start out five, three and two. Um, and from there they just, they, you know, they lost their legs. I think the fatigue set in of, of being on the road. Um, and then, you know, slowly COVID started to hit, uh, which is another thing, COVID, um, it all started with Josh Bailey in Florida, and then it just spiraled downhill from there with going back to UBS for the home opener and mysteriously the league not canceling games, even though they had, what, eight or eight guys from Bridgeport in the lineup at one point? At um, one point, I think it was eight guys on the COVID list and two injuries. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, listen, again, you know, ro- road trip, the COVID, the injuries, uh, it was just a disaster start for them, really, from – I would probably say, you know, October, really all the way through January, they they were rough. And then from February on, they were actually pretty good, but it was too late at that point. 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really strong cocktail of, of bad things that just <laughs> dug, it dug too much of a hole and they, and they couldn't get out. Um, so it wasn't one thing. It was a whole bunch of things mixed together. Uh, and then to amplify it, um, you know, you, you had a goalie standing on his head and, and not really getting goal support or, or putting the puck in the net. I mean, Kyle Palmieri, Mark, um, I think had at one two. point two, two goals, uh, and went, and went 21 games, I believe, or something ridiculous like that between scoring. Um, he was a ghost, you know, they rely on him. You know, this is a guy that was a consistent 20, 25 to 30 goal guy in New Jersey. Um, and you know, so that, that simply is inexcusable. It can't happen. Um, you know, Pajot, who, who's been really good for them since they acquired him. Um, he was off last year. I don't know if it was the after effect of the injury he suffered in the conference final, but he didn't look like himself really until March. Um, and then Anthony Boilier struggled. So it was, yeah, I mean, it was a whole, whole mix of everything that really sunk him. The way that I can, uh, sort of personify this was if you play golf for all those out there who do play golf and you start out the first hole with an eight and then your next hole is a, is a seven and you're trying to say to yourself, I was going to break a hundred today or I was going to break 90 today. And then you're trying harder to get the next, um, the, to get, to get your score lower and sure you might par number three, but then you end up with a double bogey at six or a bogey on five and it's just building up and you never get back on track. That's sort of like the Islanders last year. I actually think the Islanders, their season sort of went wrong when they lost. I mean, it sounds like such a minuscule thing when you think about it, they lost their only third period lead in regulation against the Minnesota wild. Mm -hmm. And that was a Sunday night game. They end up playing uh, Thursday against the Devils. That was the game before Tampa, and they came home for that. So they got to spend time at home, and then they went back to the Devils. The Devils throttle them four to nothing. You get that game against Tampa. Barzell gets the opening goal. I swear to you, if the Islanders win that game, a lot of things are different, even with COVID and opening up a brand new building and everything else that happened because there would have been so much positivity riding a riding a wave like that. Instead, the negativity continued. Tampa Bay comes back to win it. All right. We have one more game on this road trip. Let's just, Oh my God, we're down four to nothing in the first period. Yeah. And let's just get, let's just get this over and get it done with bang COVID hits. So now you're on a four game losing streak. COVID hits that, that now it, it gets, it just snowballs. And Barzell was right when he said this in, in the 32 thoughts comments uh, that he, that was, they were trying to play catch up the rest of the time. And it was really difficult. Now they went on to beat good teams later on in the year. So it wasn't a surprise, Yeah, but it's just, it, it was really tough. And then every now and then to sprinkle in on top of everything, Clark Gillies passes, Mike Bossy passes. These are guys that actually spent time with the organization and the players that were in the room. So they're, then they're mourning these guys. And it's just, it, they, they kind of really, I don't think any team needs a reset more than the New York Islanders do. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, and despite all that, Mark, if you look at their record, um, I don't know what the, what the point was, but at some point in February on, they were one of the best teams in the Metro. The rest, mm-hmm. the rest of the way. Um, so they, they found their footing a little bit, but like, again, it was, it was a little too late. 
Um, and this is a fresh start. You know, a lot of the guys have been listening to a lot of sound bites in the preseason. They're all, you know, uh, last year was, was, was just things, everything went wrong for us and um, it's out of their heads. They're ready for a fresh start. Uh, you know, they're revved up. Um, you know, everybody, everybody is healthy um, and they're, they're ready to go. I mean, you have a lot of guys, Mark, that are, that are really will have something to prove. You know, I mentioned Kyle Palmieri, you know, and he, Again, like the rest of the team, he came on at the end of the year and surprisingly enough, actually even kind of sniffed 20 goals, which is remarkable mm-hmm. considering how poor he was in the beginning of the year. You know, Anthony Beauvillier has a lot to prove. You know, he wants to get his game back. Um, you know, Brock Nelson was really one of their few bright spots last year. Uh, you know, he kind of broke out and got even better. I mean, we all already kind of agreed that Nelson has become a hell of a hockey player. But last year, he really, really had a good year. He stepped up. Uh, scored what 37 goals and this was all while missing two weeks with a knee injury so you know if he didn't get hurt he probably would have been over 40 so um and then also remember Anders Lee uh also had a pretty decent year and he was coming off a summer of you know rehabbing his ACL you know so he himself has said he feels so much better this summer there were a lot of things last summer that he was limited on that he couldn't do where this year he had a full year of training and everything was normal so um, I think they're all just looking forward to turning the page and, you know, using the mantra they had when Trotz took over, which was prove people wrong. Um, and truthfully, I think that's where the Islanders play the best. When, when people doubt them, um, I think that really motivates them. And, uh, you know, I, I listen, I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. You know, we'll touch on that when we get to uh, our, our predictions in a little bit. But yep. um, despite, you know, Lou not, you know, adding to the forward mix and as disappointed as I was and, you know, vocal about that and getting our uh, partnership axed. Thanks, Lou. Um, There'll be other ones. I, uh, I'm. It's a new year. It's a new page. Everyone's on the same playing on the same level playing field right now, and I'm looking forward to you know getting started here. Well, believe it or not, because everybody can focus on everything that went wrong for the New York Islanders last year, but the other thing that people forget is there were things that went right for the New York Islanders, and we can start. No further than just looking in the net. Yeah. Um, I mean, what could you say about Ilya Sorokin? Uh, last year, um, we all know what he did. You know, second in save percentage behind Igor, fourth in goals against. He was second uh, with seven shutouts. Um, you know, he, he was at the top of the leaderboard in every statistical category. Um, you know, and and he lost. I mean, any Islander fan who watched a lot of games could tell you, he had seven shutouts. I kid you not, Mark. There was probably about four or five games where he lost where he lost a shutout within the last two minutes of the game. Some of them were actually less than a you know a minute left in the game. So mm-hmm. he was really that good for them. Um, and I think that you know there's a reason why some of these early season predictions have him in the Vesna conversation. Um, so I, I think uh, he's going to play the majority of the games. Um, there's no question marks regarding him and even their goaltending tandem as a duo with Varlamov. They have one of the best duos in the league. There's not really many other teams that could say you have a Semyon Varlamov as your backup. So they're strong in goal. Uh, their defense is solid. It's just going to be how much uh, how much scoring they get. But to get more on topic of what we're in right, yes, Ilya Sorokin, um, Brock Nelson, and, and Noah Dobson. Uh, they, they were really, really, really shining stars for the Islanders last season. Um, and if the three of them can, you know, replicate the seasons they had last year, uh, you know, that will be that'll be good for them going forward this year. But 
Um, those three were really important pieces, and they're going to be heavily relied on again. Well, and also the next step after that, if you look a little bit further past the blue line, by the way, everybody, if you, you tuned into this to hear some Ilya Sorokin stuff, you're going to be hearing his name a lot today. So uh, you go further out from there, and another bright spot, especially from the month of December on, we're going to talk about him more on the bar talk also, is Noah Dobson. Noah Dobson was one of the best goal-scoring defensemen, never mind just scoring defensemen. I think he was eighth among defensemen from December 5th on. Let me just pull that up. And, uh, yep, there he is. Number, oh, number nine. He was two points worse than Phil, uh, sorry, Quinn Hughes and Adam Fox. I almost called him Phil Hughes. Jeez, that's a New York Yankee <laughs> pitcher. That's, that ain't the right one. That ain't no. the right one. No. Um, but, so that's another thing that went right. And you got a little taste of Robin Solo too. And you started to see some of the youth movement come in. And that's what the Islanders are going to be banking on this year. So uh, your thoughts quickly on Noah Dobson, because we're going to be talking about him a lot too. Uh, 51 points last year. Uh, he, he was, he was really amazing for them. Um, you know, we all know his upside when he got drafted, uh, you know, for, for a bigger guy, he skates really well. He moves the puck. He's got good vision. Um, and this is kind of what Island fans hoped he'd be, you know, so 51 points in his first full year in the national hockey league. Um, you know, really the sky's the limit for, for Noah Dobson. I know you're going to flash a graphic, um, in a little bit regarding yep. his point story cord, uh, in relation to Adam Fox. Um, listen, there, there's no, Noah Dobson is going to be a really, really good defenseman, um, in short order. Uh, you know, in terms of this year, this season, I mean, with Manning power play one for a full year and playing at the level that he did, uh, it's not a stretch that he could hit 60 points this coming season, Mark. Um, you know, he, he he's certainly capable of it. Uh, and, you know, what's scary is that, you know, despite how good he is, he's the Islanders' third best defenseman. Um, and that just shows the Islanders have a really strong defensive core led by Pelic and Pollock. So, um, yeah, he's, you know, when you talk about, untouchables for teams it's a, you know it's a weird word but no adoption is certainly untouchable for the new york Islanders. he's going to be a large part of their future going forward now looking at this roster and this team this year who do you think is going to be the most improved player of the 22-23 season i mean I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go with an easy one and i'm gonna say matt barzell you know matt barzell is much is is certainly capable of scoring more than 59 points i said earlier in the start I, you know i bet my house that he's going to score more than 59 um i think he's going to be revved up coming off this new deal um again he's presumably going to have more offensive freedom um i think he's going to be much better and he's going to produce a lot more i'm going to go even easier than you and it's anthony bovillier because he's got to do better than 12 goals and sorry everybody my dog's going a little bit crazy right now but it's uh by the way, two to one odds, he's barking at the wind. So <laughs> it's just it, it, any Islander that's got to improve, it's got to be him. I mean, you you, he, you can't be a 12 goal scorer. Otherwise, he's not going to be a New York Islander for much longer. Because unfortunately, <laughs> all the rest of the guys, they usually most of them are, are veterans. I mean, I could go with Oliver Wallstrom, but we're going to be talking more about him in a moment. And it's just there's there's going to be a lot of that with the Islanders where they got guys that underperformed last year and now have to get back to the levels. I know the comment section right now is absolutely 
killing Kyle Palmieri and uh, deservedly so. But you know what? Kyle Palmieri will at least rebound. We know this. Who's going to be the most disappointing player, you think, for this team? <laughs> um, oh, boy. Oh, here comes Anthony's whipping boy. I mean, I, I think there's there's so much um, disappointment from a lot of Elder fans that, that Josh Bailey and his $5 million cap hit are still on are still on the roster. Um, granted, I, I think some of the hate's gone a little too far. I mean, you know, Bailey, um, you know, he was never a 70-point player again like he was when Tavares was there. But, he, I mean, he is a – I mean, he is a, you know, 40 to 45, uh, maybe even a 50-point player. So, I mean, that that's not bad. It's not anything to scoff at. But um, for whatever reason, he's just been the whipping boy for years, and I think a lot of people wanted him gone this year. So, I think right off the bat, fan, the minute he does, you know, he he uh, um, passes when he should have obviously shot the puck, you know, fans are just going to get even more angry and be on him, uh, even again, even if some of it's unwarranted. But I'm going to go I'm going to go with Josh Bailey. My ongoing joke still with Josh Bailey, it goes all the way back to when the Rangers had Kevin Hayes. If the Rangers and Islanders traded Kevin Hayes for Josh Bailey, which fan base would hate the other one more? So yeah. <laughs> I still wonder about that one. But I mean, Josh Bailey is, is kind of there. Um, uh, I mean, could, could I say them collectively that I think maybe the fourth line might be there? Like the, the, um, the identity line they're they're, they're getting a little bit long in the yeah. tooth. It could be them as a whole Cal Clutterbuck specifically, but uh, it, it's, yeah, you know, I mean, that might be that might be it. I think I got like I said before, a lot of guys underperformed there and it, it's hard to pick this one because again, some guys underperformed, all they got to do is just be better. So Yeah, the identity line is a year older, they're a year slower. Um but uh, I, the the thing about them is they're they're going to be given they're going to be given at least be given the chance to to stay together and and raise their game. I mean, they've been together that long, um, and they're good. Like I said, Lane Lambert's going to start the season with them. Um, Clutterbuck, let's face it, Clutterbuck is a guy who has always put his body on the line his whole career. Um, yes, and, you know you're gonna you're gonna break down. Um, I mean, as it is, I think this is the second or third day in a row that he's hasn't, he hasn't skated. Um, so I'm not sure what, what his status is. Uh, you know, I know he had some, you know, work done in the off season, you know, Matt Martin's older. So naturally going to get slower and then didn't help that he was battling an ankle injury all year. Um, so again, we'll see what he looks like. Uh, Sezikis, I mean, Sezikis is the one guy that still is, you know, a, a pretty good healthy. Player. Yeah. Um, and not the preseason really means anything, but I don't know. He scored a beautiful shorthanded goal last night. Uh, you know, typical Sezikis work ethic. So he's not the issue. It's just the guys that are flanking him on either side. They're just breaking down and getting older. So, I mean, again, um, you know, we'll we'll see how they you know how they start the year. But yeah, I mean, that's not a a crazy pick to kind of say maybe that identity line as a whole could be the dis- the disappointing player of the year for sure. Now, I actually have this one slated of what position battle concerns you, but the thing is, the Islanders are pretty much set. There really isn't any position battles that are going on, right? So really, I mean, Robin Salo has seemed to won the 6D six, the six spot. Really, the only battles are the extra forwards. You know, who's grabbing the 13th forward? Um, mm-hmm. It seems to be between Bellows and 
uh, Nikita Sashnikov, who they signed just before training camp started. Um, apparently, he's really, a lot of guys like he had that goal yeah, in, in New yeah, Jersey. He's opened a lot of eyes, and he's a guy that can play in the fourth line, but also has the skill to, you know, he could really shoot the puck. So in a pinch, he could play higher up. Um, so I'm assuming they're going to be battling it out, or maybe even Martin becomes a, you know, a, not an everyday player anymore, and Sashnikov plays on that fourth line. So there's. But so, yeah, I, I think that really just the 13th forward battle between Bellows and Sashnikov, and then also who grabs the seventh D spot. Is it Sebastian Ajo? Is it Grant Hutton? Um, but no major spots are, are really available right now. And one last thing before we get to uh, if things break right or if things go wrong. Uh, this number popped out at me when I was doing some of my stats uh, searches. The Islanders were 12th in the NHL on, on the power play with 22.1% and 46 power play goals. That means they had roughly, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think it's 173 even strength goals. Like that's, uh, I might, I think I undercut it. I think it's 183, my mistake. But again, top of my head, I'm doing this, but I mean, does that number surprise you that they were their power play was actually a lot better? I mean, I, I went all the way down to the bottom looking at it going, oh, yeah, their power play. Oh, wait a minute. It was good. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of, again, when they were playing good hockey from February on, I think a lot of stuff just started clicking. Um, and that, you know, that first power play unit seems to be from how they're, you know, running it in practice seems to be it's going to be Dobson running the power play at the point and then with Barzell, Lee, Paul Mary. Um, and I think Nelson, so some good, some good weapons on that, on that unit. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see with, you know, obviously Lane Lambert has new assistant coaches. We'll see, you know, once the season starts, how they put that to use and what the scheme looks like, but yeah, having a good power play, um, not only is it important in the playoffs, extremely important in the playoffs, but it's also really important during the regular season. Um, sometimes it's the difference between winning and losing that extra mm-hmm. power play goal. So, um, yeah, if they could stay around the same, that would be great. I just find it funny, and I'm going by eye test, Anthony. That one of the guy, the guy that participated in the hardest shot contest, mm-hmm. isn't probably even the hardest shot in his own defensive pairing because Pollock participated in the in in the contest. Pollock, his, he's got a rocket yeah. if he, he ever can, get yeah. that on net. And during the yeah. first Barry Trotz year, I thought he was going to be a breakout star, and instead. But he became a breakout star defensively. Defensively. Which so, yeah. yeah, so it's it's very interesting. All right, Anthony, so right now, just saying, if things go right, the New York Islanders will. Um, if things go right, the New York Islanders will be back in the, you know, conversation to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, listen, we know the goaltending is great. Their defense is good. So if they stay healthy... And, you know, Lane Lambert opens up the system a little bit and some guys produce a little more, then, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why the Islanders would be bad at that point because foundationally they got the system, they got the solid defense, and they got really good goaltending. So it's just if they score more goals, um, the Islanders are going to prove people wrong um, and be back in the mix. Simple as that. Yeah, they were a minus two overall in goal differential. And their yeah. goals per game and their their uh, goals against per game are so close. Uh, I think it was 2.79 and 2.81, I think it was. But uh, I'm looking at them and saying if they can muster, we'll say 
15 to 20 goals more than I'm looking at them as potentially being a third place team. And then they were tough out yeah. in the playoffs. So yeah, that's what you're looking at with that. Yeah. Yep. Now I have to ask future Anthony a question. So if you can go to future Anthony in April mm-hmm. and uh, just can future Anthony ask, uh, answer this, the New York Islanders season went wrong when uh, Ilya Sorokin got injured. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing yeah. we did the rangers preview it was the same answer for that yeah, too. Gets injured. yeah i mean that i mean I, you could say that really for a lot of teams but yeah it's the case i know i mentioned varlamov is a really good option to have as a backup he's a good goalie um but then you know stroking out for an extended period of time meaning means Corey schneider is your backup or the kid and Skarik. um and varlamov's getting older so playing a lot wouldn't really be great so um yeah, if if Sorokin you know went down, it's it's really it's really all but over. And then uh, at that point, you know maybe even you know compete with Chicago for that that Connor guy who I think might uh, get that, guy, that guy is not going to be anything special. No, right. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's that they didn't get the goal scoring. It's going to be that simple. It's yeah. we're we're all expecting. Wallstrom to take a jump forward. We're going to expect uh, Palmieri to go back to being more reliable, and uh, all, all the all the things that are in there. If they have to deal with some more injuries, especially to JG Pajot, I I think that they might fold a little bit more. And then yes, they will be in the running for that Connor Bedard guy. But you know what? You got Ilya Sorokin, and he's a great deodorant. And he'll he'll cover a lot of that stink. Their defense is still really good, absolutely really good, and yeah. it's it's going to be interesting to see what Dobson does with this, especially the Dobson uh, Romanov pairing. Yeah. I think they, they've been having. Yeah, if, if those two click, oh boy, that's that's going to hurt. We, a lot of I mean, also Mark, remember we talked about in our group chat with Philk yesterday is um, Scott Mayfield is a third pair defenseman on the Islanders right now, which even Phil said that's, you know, when he says it, it's definitely certainly true. Scott Mayfield is a legitimate number four on really any team in the national hockey league. Um, and the fact that he's playing on the third pair, it just shows the Islanders, the Islanders are deep, especially on the right side. Well, we got a lot more to cover with this, but we also still have to leave our predictions right here. What are your predictions, Anthony? for the New York Islanders in the 2022-23 season? Um, So in the vein of anything can happen, uh, you know, obviously, as we saw with the Islanders this past year, they're not, they're not going to be better than the, than the Rangers or the Hurricanes. Um, Again, uh, you never know, but they're likely they're not. Uh, so that leaves the third, the third, the third spot in the Metro. Um, and this is where I, I kind of, you know, um, strongly disagree with, with David here. Um, the, so the Islanders are going to be anywhere from third, from third to fifth. Um, they're better, they're better than New Jersey, even though, you know, New Jersey's getting, you know, they're on, they're on the upswing, but New Jersey's defense is bad. Um, and even though Vanacek and Blackwood have been good in the preseason, the preseason does not matter. Um, their goaltending still is kind of eh. Yeah, so th- they're better than New Jersey, despite Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus. They're still they're still better than Columbus, 
And really, my men's league team is better than Philly. So that's why I say anywhere from third, <laughs> from third to fifth. So that leaves, that leaves Pittsburgh and Washington. And you want to talk about the Islanders didn't do anything. Pittsburgh, they swapped, they swapped John Marino for Petrie. And that was, that was pretty much it. Um, they're an older team. Tristan Jarry's not really a good goalie. Um, Evgeny Malkin's on the downswing. Uh, their overall depth that the Penguins have um isn't isn't really good mark it's not it's not it's not good oh we're gonna be talking about the penguins when we do our nhl segment for really as long as we've been doing this channel now we've been talking about the penguins and the capitals you know finally falling off and you look at the penguins roster um and i i could i could see it happening uh and same thing with washington nick nick backstrom probably won't play until after january um more realistically, probably March. That's a big hole in their lineup. Um, and again, they didn't really do much. They signed Dylan Strom. Um, Darcy Kemper is their goalie. I don't know how he'll fare in Washington. And um, Lingren. Yeah. Uh, so I the Caps, too. I mean, the Caps defense, you have John Carlson. Um, Orlov's pretty good. But you look at, on paper, the Capitals defense. And the Capitals defense isn't isn't really good. And like the Penguins, Mark, their overall depth uh, outside of Ovechkin, you know, Wilson, Kuznetsov. Again, they added Dylan Strom. I mean, Anthony Mantha, Vrana, they clearly lost that trade for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, After that, again, it's, it's, I don't, so I don't see any reason why if the Islanders get the same goaltending and defense that they, that they typically do, and they score more goals, there's no reason why the Islanders can't be better than the Penguins and the Capitals. Their goaltending is, and defense by far is better than both of those teams. So, again, anywhere from three to five, um, I'll be optimistic and say they finish third in the Metro. But, again, I could see them finishing as low as fifth. But uh, I, I think they are going to be better than Pittsburgh and the Capitals this year. I think the three to five is the most realistic way to put the Islanders. If they do miss, I think they they barely miss. Um, let's say point total. If we were doing an over under, and it was ninety three and a half, I think I might do slightly over. You you said it yourself right there. There's going to be points to be had between the Capitals, between the Penguins, and because they're going to come back down to earth a little. A little bit. I mean, Rangers in Carolina, maybe they get slightly better. Maybe they get slightly worse. There's a few more points that are available there. And then all those points that Columbus is going to be gobbling off because Columbus is going to be an improved team this year. And they were only three points behind the Islanders and the devils are going to be improved. And they were 15 points behind the Islanders, uh, 17, I think. And, but of, of course you were saying about New Jersey, before you even glow about New Jersey and go, New Jersey's making the playoffs. Who's the goalie? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I stop. You know what you could say right now, Anthony? Is you know who my goalie is? The guy that was second in the league in save percentage and a lot of the stats we're going to cover in a moment. But it's just you know you you know where your where you got your backbone is. If there's a mistake, you got Sorokin back there, and you got a pretty solid decor. There's at least five good defensemen on the New York Islanders. Now. With that being said, can they get the goals? That's just what it is. Now, I know you could coach defense. It's a lot harder to coach offense. 
So we'll see about that. We'll see maybe if Lou should have added some more guys, uh, but uh, more on Lou in a, in a few moments. But Anthony, you know what? It's going to be an interesting year for the New York Islanders. And uh, I think, I, I do think they're improved. Uh, just uh, Penguins have Crosby. You're right about that, Patrick. And that's a problem. They got Crosby and Mike Sullivan's a Gen pretty Paul. good coach. If only like a, another New York team would have given him a shot at a coach. Uh, who knows? They might have been a Stanley Cup in their in their time, but um, but yeah, Mike Sullivan's done a great job with Pittsburgh too. But you know what? You look at Pittsburgh. If they're if I'm gonna make this joke several times, Anthony. If they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, they're in wheelchairs. So, uh, so all right. So that's what we have right now for the New York Islanders in the first segment of this preview. We're gonna do a bar talk specifically for the New York Islanders and one NHL topic that's gonna go. Oh, just for fun. So I can't wait for that one. Everybody, we're going to do some bar talk right now. Let's get that the ticker hidden. And see, this is why we need assistance, Anthony. Can't wait till we have minions in our lives. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Miss Apier. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on New York Islander topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident you're going to buy everybody around? Or are you just so-so you want a beer? Or Oh, dear God, give me a shot, please. All right. And once again, we got the trucker hats available in the blue and the white. And let's get right down to it. Anthony, Brock Nelson will lead the New York Islanders in goals again. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go round. Uh, I think Nelson has aside from aside from Oliver Wallstrom, Nelson has the best shot and release on the team. Um, his especially his wrist shot, that's where his bread and butter is. Um, he's, he's a center, which is what usually like, you know, the scoring wing or the guys that put kind of, you know, put up, um, more numbers, unless your name is Connor McDavid, but, um, cause with how responsible Nelson is, he has a large focus on defense, but he still scores. Um, and again, he's got that great shot and release. Uh, so, and he's going to be playing with Lee who he's got great chemistry with. So that will only help. Um, the only caveat I will say is, and we, I know we talked about, Palmieri before um, Palmieri is a, is a sneaky option because if he's the one that plays with Barzell and Parise on the right side, you know, say what you want about Palmieri, you know, he was streaky. He was invisible in the first half, but like Nelson, Kyle Palmieri has a very good wrist shot. He could beat goalies clean from the circles. Uh, so I would put him as a dark horse, but I'll say Nelson and I'll say round. I'm going to go Nelson. And I, don't think he might get 30. It's an outside chance. I think he gets 30. I, I loved his production last year. At one point, he basically just threw the Islanders on his back. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. You take out his, you take out his uh, 37 goals and the Islanders are under 200 goals for the season. That's, I think it's 192. That's, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot that the other, the rest of the team has to get uh, and cover. 
So I, I do think uh, I do think Nelson is going to have another good year. I like the way he plays, and even defensively, him taking care of other teams and trying to slow them down. Nelson's it's going to be Nelson. So, and if by the way, if you guys didn't hear that, that is the sound of Anthony going sploosh for his favorite goaltender in the world. Uh, Anthony, this one is right in your wheelhouse, and I have a feeling we're going to hear it all over again in a in about another 20 minutes, but Ilya Sorokin is a Vesna Trophy finalist. Will be, I should say. Um, finalist, yeah. Uh, you know, round. I, I think he made a case of he should have been one last year. You know, I mean, he had he had better numbers than uh, UC Saros across the board, and Saros was a finalist. So, um, you know, I, I think, listen, he, he's, he's the second best goal in the National Hockey League. I don't care what you say. Um, you know, he, he pretty much proved it with his stats. Um, you know, you know, you want to talk about Andre Vasilevsky, you know, he still has, you know, a large body of work and he's still going to be widely viewed. He's even better as Sisterkin. People say he's the best goalie, Vasilevsky, because of his track record. But during the regular season, Sorokin kind of mopped the floor with Vasilevsky's number during Vasilevsky's statistics during the regular season. So, um, you know, he's, he, he's, 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 he's that good. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I, I do think he's going to be a finalist for sure. <laughs> and obviously Heil. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, you know what? The only reason why I'm going to go down to beer on this one is because there's a lot of good candidates. Anthony, you're going to hear me say this a lot when we, we go to awards later. And that's going to be that the that there's a lot of sentiment, I think, in the NHL right now about spreading out the awards. And if you're spreading out the awards, that means there's going to be like, oh, Ilya, uh, Igor Sesterkin won the Vesna last year. We got to give it to somebody else because I still think that's the reason why Kale McCarr won the, the Norris, not the fact that he was the best defenseman in the league. Because, by the way, Roman Yossi, 97 points on, a, on, on the, the Nashville Predators. Are you kidding? He would have been he was three points short of being the only defenseman to score 100 points on a team where nobody on his team scored 100 points. And by the way, he would have been the only defenseman to score 100 points without anybody on his team scoring 90. So that would have been quite an impressive feat. So I do look at Ilya Sorokin and, and say, you know, the, the guy's got the talent in order to win the Vesna trophy, but I, I think that he might be a finalist anyway. The only th reason why I say beer on this is because you're going to have Markstrom that they're going to try to get one to uh, UC Soros, who's got great numbers. And then you got Igor Sesterkin again, who's going to be right there. And uh, we'll talk about dark horse Vezda trophy candidates in a few minutes when we go to that, when we go to the awards. All right. And Anthony, Noah Dobson will be a top 10 scoring defenseman. And we talked about some points. This is the one you wanted to see, guys. I'll show the, the the year total in a minute. But since December fifth, everybody, wow, that is a good compliment to Noah Dobson. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say beer. I think to be in the top ten, you probably do have to be around that 55, 60 point range. And I did mention I think he can get the sixty points um, for sure. Uh, but he, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's going to be right there. Um, you know, if he does get, if he does score 60, I would imagine that he would be in the top 10. Then I, I don't know off the top of my hood, off the top of my head, 
what the 10th ranked defenseman last year had, but I would assume it probably was around 60. But, um, you know, he's going to get the power play minutes. Um, you know, he activates and jumps into the offensive play. So he's going to get his opportunities. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't think it's a lot because I, th- I also do think he could just, ju- and I say just like it's, you know, easy, but he could just yeah. score 50, 50 points again and, you know, just miss. But uh, um, it's certainly, certainly possible. Well, by the way, in that span, he did play the most games out of any defenseman that was uh, eligible in those stats. I mean, he played 63, Adam Fox had 55. By the way, Anthony, in that span, from December 5th on, Kale McCarr had 65 points, and he was second among scoring defensemen as Yossi took uh, 75. 75, Mm -hmm. hey, it would be nice if that guy won some hardware last year. Oh, but he already won one, Mark. So anyway, um, you know, I'm going to go beer. I think there's a lot that has to be there. I think you said it best. It's hard to get the 65. If he, uh, sorry, 60. If he gets the 60 points, the Eric Islanders a playoff team. I'll say that right now. That That's that's how, how much his production will be important. So he's going to produce, I think, definitely. One guy that you that the Islanders are waiting on and wondering about. The Islanders need Oliver Wallstrom to score 25 goals next year. Yeah, I mean uh I mean hovering between beer and round on this one, but um yeah, I mean if Oliver Wallstrom scores 25 goals this year, the Islanders likely are are in the playoffs. I mean, that would be a big boost for them. Um you know, again, Wallstrom has that elite shot and release um, so he, def- he certainly has the skill for him with Barry Trotz. It was always about putting it all together in other areas of his game and working hard consistently night in, night out. Um, maybe a fresh, a fresh voice behind the bench will, will certainly help him and push him. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause it's been said the Islanders need a sniper. So if Wallstrom were to develop into that, I mean that would be all their all their prayers answered. So yeah, you know what? I'll I'll go I'll go round. I mean I, I still think they can you know make the playoffs with him scoring you know twenty depending on how everything else goes. But yeah, I mean uh, if Walsh scored twenty five, that would be outstanding. Um, I think you just talked me down. Uh, I'm going to beer now. They can succeed with him if he scores twenty. At least keep the progression going up. One thing as I was putting up some comments, I had this banner ready to go. Wallstrom in. Uh, 21 the the 2021 season let's be honest that's when all the games are played i know it says 2021 but still uh it was he had 12 goals in that shortened season he had 13 all last season that his career total right now is 25 he's going to match his career total that being said anthony um he's he's their explosive talent i think he needs to improve but you, we said it before. You got so many guys that underachieved last year. I think it's possible for the Islanders to still be successful with Oliver Wallstrom moderately improving and getting past the twenty goal plateau. Yeah. Like if he scores twenty four, uh, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Anthony, we talked about the Islanders' defense core, and they got a big name on there that's not making a lot of money, or a good name on there, I should say. Scott Mayfield will be traded regardless of playoff positioning. Shot. Um, if the Islanders are a playoff team, they're they're not 
they're not going to move him, even if even if Lou um, knows that they're likely not going to be able to keep him. Um, if they're outside of the playoffs, um, I think they, they sh- it would be foolish not to trade him. Uh, but, you know, Lou operates in mysterious ways, and I could see him holding on to him even if they aren't in the playoff spot at the deadline. Um, you know, he did it with Clutterbuck and, and Parise, um, got calls on both of them, didn't move him, and then actually ended up re-signing them. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think that's a guarantee at all. Uh, as we said, Scott Mayfield has been getting paid, you know, $1.45 million for the last four or five years, criminally underpaid, um, you know, easily a top four defenseman. Thing is, being that he was so underpaid for so long, um, like Phil had said, there's going to be a team out there that gives him, you know, four and a half, five million dollars in the offseason. And do the Islanders want to pay him that kind of money to be a third pair D on the right side? Um, I'm not I'm not sure. So, uh, yeah, his, his future is in doubt past this season. Um, I think he's great. Um, really, every Islander fan loves him. Um, but I don't I don't think he'll be traded if if at all. If the Islanders are in the playoff spot. No way Lou is moving him. The face I made was that I, I double-checked and went, wait, that says 1.45. That says 1.4, yeah. not 1.45. <laughs> so uh, I had to fix that one. Um, Anthony, I think no matter what, I think he's getting – well, unless the Islanders are looking like they're an upper division team and we're talking third place, not just fighting for fourth – then I'm saying they're going to have to deal them. They're going to have to. When it gets to the trade deadline and the hottest commodity is at the trade deadline, depth, third, fourth line players and depth defensemen because every team is looking for them. And I just think that when you look at this guy, there is going to be a playoff team that will offer good pack, an almost – unrefusable package it's it's in the make of an offer he can't refuse so it's <laughs> it's it's one of those things when it comes to that unless if the islanders have uh, they look at their team and they think they got a legit a legit shot at the stanley cup then they keep it them but other than that i think they have to move them because they're not going to be able to afford them next year they already know this if this is two years from now scott mayfield would definitely be a new york islander when the cap goes up so but the problem is 23 24 does not help them Speaking about the trade deadline, Anthony, and this is one we covered it yesterday with the New York Rangers, so I didn't even have to do much of a change. But Patrick Kane is entering his final year of his contract. The New York Islanders will acquire Patrick Kane at the trade deadline. Shot. Um, if if the Islanders are solidified in a playoff spot at the deadline, I can absolutely tell you that – Lou is not, that's when he's not afraid to make a move and he will look for, he'll, he'll weaponize the cap space that he has right now. Um, and he will add somebody for sure. hundred percent sure of that. Uh, however, um, I don't think it will be, I don't think it will be Patrick Kane because I think Patrick Kane, um, would, if, if he is dealt, which I think he would be, which I think he will be, um, I think he'll pick the, the Rangers. I mean, I'm hearing the Oilers are, as a team that he would go to, which I'm surprised because who wants to live in Edmonton? But um, and then L.A. Well, too. Uh, yeah, L.A. here as well. Um, so I, I would say, as much as I hate to say it, I would say if the Islanders and Rangers are the two teams that are most serious about him, and the packages are equal, Kane's going to pick the he's going to pick the Rangers every single time. So 
Um, I'll, I'll say shot, but it, it, w- it would be nice to obviously get Patrick Kane, but I don't see that happening. I'm actually going to beer. I believe the Islanders are a more likely destination for him because they don't have to absorb any of his of his contract. They could absorb all of it, the New York Islanders. Uh, they got $15 million of, of deadline space as of right now. That is a tremendous amount of money. You could easily get Patrick Kane underneath the cap, and you don't even have to worry about giving up too much in order to get him. You just got to give up. Uh, probably they have their first round pick next year. They got they got some assets. They got actually they got all their draft picks for the next bunch of years. There's a third round pick that uh, Arizona could get next year, but all they got to do is play Andrew Ladd one game. <laughs> that's not happening (laughs) so they're they're definitely taking that pick from the Islanders. but there's there's so much that the islanders actually can offer them in this this makes sense for the islanders it does not make sense for the rangers i keep saying it over and over again but this isn't about the rangers so the islanders again if they're in the hunt will will not be afraid to make a trade like that he's done it before alexander mcgillney with the new jersey devils and won a stanley cup with that so it's that that's I think that's just how it unfolds and he could easily, easily do it. Now, Anthony, speaking of Big Lou, Big Lou is more likely to come back next season than Kyle Dubas. I'm gonna say beer. Um, I think it's I mean, Shanahan already said Dubas does not have a contract next year and they're not talking about one. Um, if the Maple Leafs don't win a playoff round. He's certainly gone, and which I could certainly see them losing uh, in the first round again. So with Lou, lose a little bit more of a. Um, it's it's weird because despite how some fans have been, you know, over him and upset with him, it seems like ownership is you know they they let him do whatever. Um, they have the total amount of faith in him. So even if the Islanders weren't to make the playoffs, despite his inactivity this year. Um, I don't think they would get rid of him. I think if, if Lou decides that he wants to leave, he'll step aside. But I don't think the owners are going to push him out. Whereas if Dubis and the Leafs don't win, um, Dubis is gone. No question about it. Anthony, I got to go beer on this. And there's a reason why I'm about to go beer. I can't wait to say this. If the, if the Leafs lose in overtime at game seven, of the first round this year, there's going to be some people saying, Oh, they progressed. (laughs) Oh my God. Fire this guy. Even when he's made the right move, it's been, it's, it's gone belly up. Like they, they coughed up the three, one lead to Montreal. They should have won that series. Yes. There's always an excuse for the Leafs every single year. And every single year I hear Kyle Dubas is betting his, his job on this. Oh my God. Stop with Kyle Dubas betting his job. It's not going to happen. He's. I'm telling you, he's he's done it this time. He's uh, He has. He has, doesn't have a contract. They're not talking about one. They're gonna wait and see. So absolutely. And Jacob Chikrin will be traded. So yeah. it's just <laughs> like that. I mean, well, Jacob Chikrin's been on the trade block uh, since my last relationship, which was four years ago. So yeah, awesome. <laughs> so I, I just, I just, I just can't, I can't believe that one. Anthony, we got to go back to the past to us for a second and go to the past to us for last week. For we said this. They're, they're cracking. Their their mascot's going to be awful. Why do you say that? No, no, it's just, well, <coughs> round, beer, or shot. Oh. I mean, 
shot. I mean, I don't really have any reason. I mean, <laughs> all right. So now, Anthony, let's go back to the present time. And I have to ask you this question What the hell is this thing? The troll. <laughs> so the Seattle Kraken mascot is awful. Anthony. <laughs> um, I don't know, beer. I, mean, I really don't care to be honest with you, but um, <laughs> it's, it's you know it's silly. It's it's meant it's meant for kids. Uh, I'm sure kids. I'm sure kids love it, especially the younger ones. Um, I mean, they went with a troll, which I thought is a little a little strange, but um, well, yeah, it does have like a tentacle like hanging from his hair. I guess that's a, that's a you know a play on on the kraken or whatever, but. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it would have been a troll. I mean, that would have been my last guess. But uh, I mean, but then there's also gritty. So <laughs> it's, it's I, not. I know, Anthony. That's I mean, so gritty, weird. Gritty, gritty. Gritty was so bad that people actually like like it. It was that level. Like, what is that thing? And you know, the the flyers <laughs> accept it and they make fun of it and they have fun with it. But um, yeah, I don't know. You know what? I'm actually gonna go beer because of the gritty factor. We all said gritty is something that it, I, it would probably be something to scare small children in their nightmares. But yeah. instead, now everybody has fun with gritty. Everybody loves gritty. And I, I mean, this could work. I still I still can't help but look at it and think it was Alexa Kovalev's troll doll after he came out of uh, <laughs> drug like, rehab. Yeah. So, Seattle. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they trolled us all with a troll. How about that one? Yeah. So, so I mean, it's it's just I I don't know I don't know so much what to think about that. But everybody, this is the end of New York Islanders bar talk, where we were gauging our confidence based upon NHL drinks and or sorry, oof, see, I just screwed up all that. Uh, <laughs> and it, Big Apple Hockey bar talk about the New York Islanders gauging our confidence on. NHL topics based on our choice of drinks, but we are going to be moving on. There is no intro to play. I do have to say once again, the trucker hats are available. Look at them on eBay. Uh, the link is Great. below. We're actually running out of um, uh, inventory on that because more people have been buying just in general. And uh, actually just to get a quick 10 second break, this is the other logo we're shopping for our, our intro. But good now work. it's time to get Anthony's picks for the 22-23 NHL season preview. And we got to do it fast because the man is packing for a glorious vacation tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. so I can't wait. Can't wait for the can't wait for you to go and enjoy that one. You and the family going all out. Anthony, first things first, out of the youth movement coming into the league, who is going to be your call to trophy winner? Matty Beneers. All right. Good call on that one. Yeah. I mean, there's this might be one of the best crops of rookies we're gonna have in a while. Uh Filk last night went with Owen Power. And yeah, mine is Mason McTavish. So right. why Matty Beneers? Um, I mean, last year when he, when he turned pro and came up with Seattle, um, 
wasn't he? He was almost like point per game, or he was like eight points in eight games, or eight points in ten games, something along those lines. Um, he's looked so good so far this preseason. He's got a good shot. He skates well. I I just think I just think it's gonna be his year. All right, moving on, Anthony. The Norris Trophy winner will be Kel McCarr because we have to give it to Kel McCarr for their, every single year from now on, right? Oh, I do. Like for instance, when it gets when it gets to the Vesna. I'm not going to say Shesterkin. I mean, as good as he is, when was the last time you saw a goal win a Vesna two years in a row? I mean, I don't, I don't even remember the last time a goalie won Vesna two years in a row. It was the same goalie, um, or anyone. And, yeah, uh, but I think the, it might go all the way back to Brodeur. As far as the Norris goes in relation to defensemen, um, I just think the league has such a hard on for Kale McCarr right now. Um, Couple and couple that with he is really good. It is deserved, um, and how flashy he is and the points he puts up. I just think it's going to be Cal McCarr again. I went with Aaron Ekblad yesterday on the theory of they're going to space it out, and I think Ekblad is going to have a career year this year. Uh, I I think he was right up there as a chance to win the Norris, and then he got injured and broke his leg, and then. That was all she wrote. And then, hey, Mackenzie Weger ended up picking up the slack yeah. and doing well. Anthony, I'm waiting for you to say it, and I'm so waiting for you to say it. Who will win the Vesna Trophy? You're going to be surprised. Oh, I am. You're going to be surprised. Um, I know I mentioned him earlier, and when I was talking about Sorokin, kind of had a much better regular season than him. But I'm going to go back with the big cat. Andre Vasilevsky. Um, I think. Wow. I think that he um, has really dominated the goalie scene for so long. I think he's a he's a proud guy. He's a winner. Um, I think he's ticked. Obviously, they didn't. He didn't win the cup again. Um, and I think he knows where you know that his fellow Russians and Sorokin and Shosturkin have been, you know, really the talk of the league and talking about upcoming goalies, um, I think that's going to motivate him to say, I'm still here and I'm still the best goalie in the National Hockey League. Uh, and I think Vasilevsky is going to take it home this year. You know, you shocked me. I thought you were shooing yeah. to say Ilya Sorokin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All right, Anthony. The Hart Trophy winner will be – oh, by the way, sorry, so... just to let you also know, I'm going to repeat the question for editing purposes. But I did say – uh, my pick is going to be UC Saros next year. Okay. I think his defense is incredible and it's going to enable him to put up even better numbers. So Anthony, right. the Hart Trophy winner will be. One thing I want, I want to say Kirill Kaprizov. Um, I thought what he did last year in Minnesota was, was worthy of a heart considering who he plays with and what he did. Um, I think he's that skilled, and I think he truly is the most valuable player in, in the sense of the word, whereas if you took him off the wild, um, they'd be in big trouble. Um, but I, uh, I'm, as, long as, as long as you have Connor McDavid in this league, you can never, you can never count him out, um, and I'm going to say Connor McDavid. Anthony? Uh, we have now established the rule that Connor McDavid is automatically a finalist for the Hart Trophy every single year. And you know <laughs> yeah. what's going to surprise you? My answer but... was Kirill, Kirill Kaprizov. I think he's oh, right. 400 points this year. Yeah. I'm going out and saying it. I'm going to say want... it. Yeah, I, yeah, want it to I be think he's going to score 100 Kaprizov. points this year, and he's going to be far and away the difference for the Minnesota Wild. 
And like those, those two teams, Minnesota and, and the Predators might scare a lot of, might scare a lot of people and might be the more surprised teams um, to come out of that. Anthony, speaking about the surprise teams, what is your surprise team? 22, 23. Um, my surprise team of 22-23 will be hmm. – I mean, can you – so I kind of want to say this, the Senators, but are they really that much of a surprise being the, off, the moves they made in the offseason and people recognizing they are going to be a lot better? I think that qualifies them. Yeah. Because they're still, they're still at 73 points. Yeah, I'm going to say the Senators. I, I think they'll make a big jump. I think they'll still miss the playoffs. Um, you know, Anton Forsberg, who actually had a good year last year on a bad team. They have Cam Talbot now, who's actually going to be out for a while. That's why they claimed uh, Magnus Helberg off waivers from Seattle. But So the goaltending still, you know, maybe a little bit questionable. Um, their defense still needs to come a little bit of a way here with, you know, Shabbat leading the group. But their offense, their offensive Makeup in their top six is no question um, is really good. Norris, Batherson, Stutzla, Giroux, Kachuk, um, Debrinket. So yeah, I mean they they got a they got a really good group, um, and I, I think they are going to be better. They're going to push teams in the in the Atlantic. Um, they're not going to be an easy two points. So I'll, I'll say the the Ottawa Senators. Well, you have the uh, you have the Senators. You have the Red Wings. You got the Buffalo Sabers all trying to compete to get into the playoffs mm. next year. And there's, there, there are three improved teams and they could be vastly improved teams as well. Mine is the Vancouver Canucks. I've been riding that train the entire all yeah. season. I said, the Islanders were the second best team not to make the playoffs. The Vancouver Canucks, number one, I am a huge believer in Bruce Boudreaux, maybe not so much in the playoffs, but it, Bruce, there it is. And I would not be surprised if Vancouver, not only, made the playoffs but challenged for the division i understand their talent situation might be a little bit low but yeah. Bruce, there it is he does it every <laughs> single stop that he's been to so i mean who knows jt miller he, if he scores 100 points and i think again jt miller was the perfect player for vancouver not for anywhere else so islander fans be thankful you didn't get him i'm i'm telling you as a, <laughs> as 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 a ranger Fan and pundit, I saw that movie before. Anthony, going to the underrated team of 22-23. I mean, underrated and surprised can be a little bit of the same, though. A little bit of the same, but I think this goes closer to playoff teams that are already playoffs. And I okay. said the playoffs a lot in that sentence. Uh, I, get, I get you, I get you. Um, I'm... I'm going to go with the Kings. Uh, they kind of surprised people last year, um, performed well. I think they're going to be better. Um, I think they're going to infuse Terracott into the lineup. Um, I think Quinton Byfield is just finding his footing in the league. He's a year older. I think he's going to be a better hockey player for them. Um, they added Kevin Fiala. Don't forget that. He had a great year in Minnesota. And then naturally you still have, you know, Anze Kopitar and Victor Arvidsson. Um, so the Kings got a good makeup. Um, Drew Doughty's getting a little older, but they got like guys like Sean Dersey, who's been a revelation for him. Um, and then, you know, Jonathan Quick actually for a while was looking like he was breaking down and he was, you know, heading downhill, but he had actually a decent year for them. And then you have Cal Peterson there as well. So 
Um, I think the Kings are going to be uh, they're going to be there again in the playoff mix, and I still think they're a little bit underrated. My uh, my underrated team, I alluded to them before, and it's the reason why UC Soros is going to win the Vesna. In my opinion, it's the it's the National Predators. Their defense is going to be second to none. Uh, they 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 throw four great defensemen at you, and then they're going to play yeah. a style that's just going to be pounding teams. John Hines, I think, was a good coach with New Jersey. They kind of just lost their way. And I'm going to talk more about the New Jersey Devils in a second and not in a category you want to hear, Devils fans. But it's it's going to be I, – I think – I just go with the National Predators, and I think Roman Yossi might produce even more offensively, and that will be a huge thing for everybody. Um, Anthony, who is going to be your disappointing team at 22-23? Pittsburgh Penguins. Agreed. Yeah. I think this is the year. I think this is the year. Um, I think they regret having Zucker on the roster now after acquiring him. It was a year ago, two two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you have Gensel Dunger. He's still, he's great. Um, Crosby's still Crosby. But again, he is getting older. He's going to slow down a little bit. Malkin, talk about slowing down. Um, injury concerns there. I mean, after those three... I mean, I mean, what did they really? I mean, Brian Rust is a good piece, but I don't know. I don't. I don't like their forward makeup. Um, I don't like their defense. And Tristan Jarry, I mean, he's better in the regular season than he is in the playoffs. But even that, I mean, I don't really, I don't really think he's that good of a goalie. Um, and they're old. They're one of the older teams in the league. Yeah, they they are going to be. Like I said before, if they if people think they're making the Stanley Cup Finals, they're doing it in wheelchairs. Uh, as much as I believe Sidney Crosby can never be stopped, Anthony, it's just you know, Father Time is unbeaten. And if the if uh, if anything is shown, it, it'll happen sooner than later. This might be their last gasp. I would not be surprised if they make the playoffs as either the the three seed or the fourth or the fourth seed, maybe even the first or second wild card. Which would be either one, idiot. But still, um, I love it when I can at least like self revise things after it comes out of my mouth. Great, that'll that'll help the world. <laughs> but no, I think I think it's going to be him and Anthony. Two more before we get to your Stanley Cup Finals picks. Who was the first coach fired? Lindy Ruff. Agreed. I mean, the Devils, I, I don't think he makes it to Thanksgiving. The Devils have some expectations there. Um, Cause again, they do have a lot of young guys. They are going to be improved. Um, so if they still don't perform with that, you know, especially adding Palat and Hughes being a year older and um, yeah, I, I just think if, if they, if they really struggle, I think he's gone. And I'm going to go with this for Lindy Ruff. Cause there's a couple things that work against them. One is that they haven't done well. Two is that, Andrew Burnett is now the assistant coach for him and that's easily his replacement. And three, I've said this before about Andrew Burnett, Andrew Burnett for the Florida Panthers trying to win a Stanley cup and trying to develop him as a coach. Wasn't going to work a better situation for him is New Jersey. Now he can develop with the team as a coach. People always think, Oh, (laughs) anybody could go in and coach a team. Uh, No, (laughs) not really. I think Bob Brenly in all sports is the first 
first year coach to win a, a championship. And, and I, I might be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Chances are I'm wrong, but it's just, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see it where I, Lindy Roth makes it. I don't, I don't see where he makes the Christmas. I'm being bold by saying Thanksgiving because the devil's going to start I, behind the eight ball. They're going to disappoint. And then they're going to say, let's, let's get, let's try to correct this. Anthony. If the Bruins didn't just hire him because he's a new coach, so he probably has a little bit of a leash there and their injuries, I would say Jim Montgomery in Boston. I think I think Boston may not be a good team at all. Um, but again, he's he's his first year and they do have a lot of injuries with, you know, to start with Marshawn and McAvoy. So I think he'll have some rope, but I do think Boston's gonna struggle. Anthony, who is your favorite player outside the New York Islanders? Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, what about another one? What? What? Give me another one. Um, Leon Dreisaitl. Damn it! <laughs> what? Don't you wear number eight? <laughs> yeah, Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, yeah. give me the date and the game that Alexander Ovechkin scores number eight hundred. So he's at he's at seven eight right now. So he's twenty goals away. Um, I think he'll do it this in December. Me and Phil both said December. He said December thirteenth against the Blackhawks, and I say December twenty seventh against the Rangers. Okay. I, I don't. I didn't look at the Capitals' schedule, so I can't say per, per se. But ah! um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> okay. Um, do you think? Where do you think is it in the middle? Is it one of those two dates? Early December. Early December. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know what? Ca- against against the Blackhawks would be a real good one. That's December 13th, one day before my mother's birthday. And lastly, Anthony, who is going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals and who is going to win? Um, I'm going to say the Calgary Flames are going to play the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, go on. And the Carolina Hurricanes are going to hoist Lord Stanley. That is great news to both uh, my friend and our contributor, Pete Mackin, and also to our former guest uh, that was on, Jacob Slavin. So why are you picking the Carolina Hurricanes? I mean, Brenda, (coughs) excuse me. Brenda Moore is a really, really good coach. One, um, he has them play that up pace high tempo system uh they're always in your face they swarm you especially at home uh the rangers saw that um they're just i mean sebastian aho is a really really great player i don't have to tell you that i know he's one of your favorite players you'd love to have him on your team oh i'd kill um, to have him on yeah, my team yeah so, i mean svetch svetch is is really good um territor vinen's a good player um you know Marty Natchez, they still, you know, they added Max Patch already. I know he's going to be hurt in the beginning of the year. Um, they play a good sound defensive style uh, led by Slavin. Uh, Brett Pesci doesn't get enough love. They added Brent Burns. Uh, Freddie Anderson is a good goalie. Um, I just, I just, they're a tough team to play against. You know, you know, those games on the schedule or when your team plays, it's like, oh, them, because whether they don't like, you know, the team has your number or every time they just play the Hurricanes, I just have a, always have a terrible feeling. I, I hate playing against them. They're really tough to play against. Just a very good team. 
So why are you picking the Calgary Flames? Um, they got a good goaltender in Markstrom, even though he was terrible in the playoffs against Edmonton. I'll, I'll say that for sure. But he, in the regular season, he was great. Um, they have, and despite you know, despite losing Gaudreau and and Kachuk, they still come with Huberto and Kadri. Not to mention they still have Elias Lindholm is a really really good center. Uh, Backlund, um, they, they they just they're well coached team. Sutter, they're a good team, and their defense they they got a good defense. Mackenzie Weger, Tanev, uh, Noah Hannafin, um, Oliver Shillington. They got they got a good group back there. Um, and they're again, they're they're a rugged team. They can play fast, but they could also be physical. I know Milan Lucic is in, in close to the same player he used to be, but he still brings a physical element there. Um, and I just I I like him. I like him because you know what? We have three panelists here at Big Apple Hockey. All three of us picked the Calgary Flames to represent the Western Conference, and. My thing I, I, I look at the Calgary Flames, Anthony, is my God, they they I thought they were the LA Kings 2.0 from 2014 last season. They're really mm-hmm. looking like it this season. And you got a more dominant forward with I didn't Jonathan mention Huberdo either. Yeah, and Tafoli's on this team. And so is uh uh there's another uh, Trevor Lewis is on this team too. They they and look like they're gonna be the forward. Yeah, I mean, they look like they're going to be just the Kings all over again. And I really can't help but look at this and just think they're they're going to be they're going to be going. And I, that, I think goaltending is the reason why I put them over uh, Colorado, because I don't think Alexander Georgiev is the answer. And Franco can't do it, despite what he did last year. Uh, I also think that I don't I don't like the goaltending situation in Edmonton. I don't think there's a lot of good Stanley Cup challengers in the Western Conference. Now, that being said, I look at the East, Anthony, and I need you to do this for me and try to and and try to walk me out of this because my pick for the Eastern Conference, take a wild guess who it was. Florida Panthers. New York Rangers. <laughs> and my problem is, and I'm still trying to do this, Anthony, give, give me a team that realistically is better than the Rangers right now. And I'm trying not to be a homer. I know you're trying, but yes. one, I know the I know the Rangers ultimately, you know, beat the Hurricanes, but the Hurricanes are kids still go toe to toe with the Rangers. Um, okay, they may even, that's they that's may basically even, the only team I really see. But keep going. They may even win. They may even win the division. Um, I think they're going to. Again, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Don't count them out. I mean, the Lightning are. The Lightning know what it they know what it takes to win, and they're a good team. They, they made the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row. Um, they're they are a they are a good good hockey team. Um, the Florida Panthers, I mean they they're they're a good they're a good team too. Um, so I know it's you know it's it's easy to look at your team and be like oh they're better than them they're better than them, but mm-hmm. I mean those those are those are good teams. I mean, I don't know why he's including the Penguins there. The Penguins, I'm telling you, they're gonna they're gonna fall flat on their face. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see it. They're once you get to the playoffs, they're an easy out. You mop the floor with them in the playoffs. They just they're a different team. I don't know. I, I don't know. But veer off from the Penguins. But yeah, um, the Lightning and the Hurricanes. 
they could give the Rangers a run for the money for sure. I mean, now other teams that everybody wants to always put in there, Anthony, is obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs. But one thing I said to Phil last year was, can you name a team that won the Stanley Cup without winning one playoff series over the over a five-year or a 10-year span? Mm. I mean, can't. I tried. And I even said this. Pittsburgh, now, by the way, I had to correct myself almost instantaneously. Pittsburgh, outside their two Stanley Cups, have only won one playoff series since 2014. And that's that's amazing when you think about that. Uh, they beat they beat Columbus in 2014, and I mean since then they beat um, I forgot who they beat in the first round to lose to the Capitals in the second round of 2018. Other than that, they haven't won a playoff series in a while. And I know the Pittsburgh fans are still out there saying, "Oh, they should have beat the Rangers last year." If it was for Jacob Trouba's elbow again? I will <laughs> repeat: you had two nothing lead in games five and six, and folded and lead in game seven, and you folded like a deck chair. So, I don't think them. I don't think the Capitals. I don't think I. I don't think Columbus because teams that have won the free agency have not exactly gone on to win the next season, or even uh, realistically. You need to pick up much dog. Hold on. Okay, <laughs> we're having we're we're having lots of dog issues all throughout this. Let me get some of your comments on here, because uh, again, I actually and by the way, just to say this, I do have the Calgary Flames winning the Stanley Cup yet again. It was my prediction last year. I really believe in it this year. I can't help but look at that that center group and just go, "You're going Elias Lindholm, then Nazem Kadri." I don't want to be. A, a defense, uh, a, a center on another team. I mean, though, you're talking about two great matchup centers, not good ones. They're great. So, uh, yeah, Chris T. Yeah, you got me. Uh, balls. <laughs> yeah, the 2012 Kings, they didn't, I don't think they beat anybody. I don't think they beat anybody. But, they certainly beat everybody. I think they were 16 and three in the playoffs, if I recall correctly, in that one. Oh, wait, 16 and four, I think, because they lost two to the Devils. I think they lost. Nope. No, 16 and three. I think they're 16 and three. That's that's still amazing. It, that, that, that year with that team, they were just on a magic carpet ride. By the way, that was the first time a team that was the eight seed ever played the one, two, three seeds. And the team that was the one seed played the eight, seven, six seeds. The difference was the Kings beat all their teams. The Rangers lost to the Devils, who were the sixth seed that year. So, and... <laughs> Chris, see, you know what? It's just, you know, my, great minds think alike. That's all it is. Um, They might have beat the Isles the if Jerry didn't pass the... yeah. In, in state, I keep saying that all the time. Uh, it's just, I, I actually think Tristan Jari had money on the Islanders. That was one of the greatest assists I've ever seen. Somebody just put it right on someone's stick. Because after all, every coach all throughout um, Pee Wee's, all the way on, always say, pass the puck up the middle of the ice. And uh, especially in the defensive zone, they always say, pass the puck up the middle of the ice. The staring is in case if you can't tell my sarcasm. 
Um, yeah, D is easy. Thanks, uh, thanks, Christy. Uh, thank. Uh, so Toronto again. It's just with Toronto. Can you really love their goaltending? Their goaltending is sparse. Like it, it's just. And sparse isn't even the right word. That's that's more like a rarity or just it's that's the they're, they're goaltending sucks. You're telling me, Chris, uh, you're telling me Matt Murray is going to play 40 games plus 30 playoff games. Not a chance. I mean, Matt Murray is closer to Cam Ward than he is to Mike Vernon, who won a cup with the Calgary Flames and then won a cup with the Detroit Red Wings nine years, nine years later, eight years later. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then Chris, by the way, Chris Osgood did the same thing. I think it was a decade apart for him, but it's just, no, it's eh, sorry. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Don't know why I had to sing that one. I mean, if you guys, by the way, uh, I get, I, I know five on five scoring. We talked about it last last night on the Rangers preview. I'm still trying to find the team that I could really look at and go, oh yeah, by the way, CJ, I can understand that feeling. <laughs> but um yeah, I just think I, I just think once again, you got you got a lot of quality teams in the East. And then once the Islanders get in, if the Islanders get in, they're a tough out because of Sorokin. They're gonna be a real tough out because of Ilya Sorokin. And of course, we'll see how that defense plays. Because that's another thing, too. Oh, we had flashed Anthony. He's back. Yeah, they right. all so got have... picked up. All right. So we got we'll do some quick QA for you and get you out of here. Uh, so... yeah, I heard we, I heard you just said if the um if the islanders get in, they're 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 then a problem because they're built for playoff hockey. So if you get in, then then any really all bets are off, and especially that you have Ilya Sorokin in the pipes. Yeah, because when you get those guys that they they just they'll turn it up, and it took it took Igor Sesterkin four games to do it, but he eventually caught up with playoff hockey, and yeah. I mean the results speak for themselves. So let's get some more questions. Oh, hey, Anthony, how about this one? Uh, thoughts on Logan Mayu signing his ELC today? I mean, I get, I mean, everyone deserves a second chance, right? Um, so, I, I mean, and to be specific, it, what, so what he, what he did was he posted a, a picture of a girl that he hooked up with, correct? That's what he had did. That I think so. Story. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, it's not cool, and I'm not making light of it. But it's not like you know he, you know, beat the shit out of a woman near to death. Um, it was a kid sharing something that you know he shouldn't have to say. Oh, look, guys, look what I, you know. So it's disrespectful, and I'm sure, and I'm sure he regrets it, but. I don't think it's something that the guy should be blackballed for and never be able to play again because he did it. Well, here's, here's what I will say, because we have to make sure that this is out of our culture completely. First yeah. off, don't do anything like that again. 
don't be a person that actually talks about people that you shouldn't be doing that because i mean the, there is such a thing as revenge porn and stuff like that yeah yeah um just you better make sure you're you're an upstanding citizen you got to have your media training you got to be doing all this you it, it's not just going to be a simple i'm sorry and it's over so just understand that you're going to be playing with that for the rest of your career and he did say last year that he didn't want to be drafted and basically he took a, a year off and then and now he's signing his ELC. We'll see about it. We'll see about it. That's the only thing to say about that. Chris T is asking, what's Jason Robertson's contract gonna look like? Yeah, I mean, I heard that it's I mean, they're not they're not exactly like close. Um so I'm so I'm really I know we we had a bar talk segment on this a bit said he wouldn't miss any games, but um, we're one know, week may, away. Yeah, I may be wrong on that. I mean, there's still a lot of time, but I mean, listen, th- this is a guy that's probably 23 years old, 41 goals. He sees the contracts that Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo just signed. Um, so at, at the very least, as a starting point, you're talking $8 million on a long-term deal, um, maybe even a little bit more. I mean, I don't know if Barzell's contract now what, what, you know, affects what he says about that or whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, I, he's a really, really good player. Dallas needs to get him signed and in camp and so he can start to catch up. But uh, he's a really, really good player. Um, and I, I think that Dallas should do whatever they can to get him signed. I mean, I know they have like six – million change of cap space so they're probably gonna have to move a body especially if they're giving them you know eight million uh but this is something they should have prioritized i mean they should have tried to get this done much earlier and i know sometimes things happen like this you know william nylander basically went down to the deadline where if he didn't sign he was not going to be able to play at all he signed like on the last available day what is that for rfas it's like december like december 8th or something like that yeah so they, they need to get him signed but i i'm if they go long term it's going to be eight years and it's going to be, you know, eight and a half, nine million dollars a year. Wicked is saying, I'm trying to understand a guy who I was arguing with. He kept insisting to me that the trots system is not a defensive system and kept pointing to the capitals. Uh, I got to disagree with that guy. I know he's pointing to the capitals, but the trot system is, I know it relies on a heavy four check, but, it's it's not it's defensive responsibilities first don't point to the capitals point to his years with the predators he was always the defense first guy yeah always defense first guy the thing with the capitals is obviously when you have a hall of famer like ovechkin you give you give him the benefit of the doubt and you give him some freedom so that's why the capitals under trot still scored goals it's not like under the islanders where trots didn't have ovechkin type talent so he really really had to be really strict with the defense first mentality in washington he didn't have to do that yeah i mean it's i don't know why this metaphor comes in my head but it's sort of like uh that'd be like saying the 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 colts were a ball control offense with peyton manning because tony dungy was there like no i i think that metaphor is off though i think i screwed that one up uh, no need to worry about the Leafs in the playoffs, uh, cause they have to handle themselves. Oh, Alex, how are we doing? Rangers are built for the playoffs with guys like Reeves, whose job is to hurt people. They caught the pens flat footed with their physical style. Yeah. I mean, they did, but also they were getting healthy later on in that playoff run. That was another thing. CJ is saying, 
put them on the ice with lost. <laughs> All right. Uh, wait, who, which guy's Roscoe? Anthony. Ross Johnson. Okay, there you go. Oh yeah, he's he is a big fella. I wish. Uh, I wish actually, let's get this. Case. I wish that was the case, but I can assure you, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yikes, yikes, that is it. And uh, yeah, the Calder picks, Chris T. Uh, Maddie Beneers is Anthony's uh, yeah. that you have right there. Mine was uh, Mason McTavish, and Filks last night was Owen Power, which again, it's going to be all good ones. So this is a better one from CJ. Now that Barry's uh, signed, sorry, my my mistake. Now that Barzy signed a good deal and wants to be with my Isles, Lou needs to go get him a top scoring winger. I will say, uh, I'll still say, and want us to get Timo Meyer somehow. You know, it's not far-fetched for Timo Meyer. I think that's the best way to say it because a well, lot of guys are getting money he, in San Jose, Anthony. He's, he's going to be a RFA this summer, but I don't I don't see the Sharks. I mean, maybe if, if – on how he died, they probably want to build around him and Hurdle, but uh, I think he'll eventually be re-signed. But if, if, if he was moved, it wouldn't be until the summer, a summer-type move. Um, so now – Right now, nobody, Chris, what you see is what you got. Um, but if they're a good team, come the trade deadline. I mean, you, I don't know, you pick a name. Whoever's available at the deadline, the forward, Lou's going to be involved. Um, that's just, that's all. I mean, again, I mean, names like Tarasenko, he's a pending UFA. But again, the Blues expect to be good. I don't know if they'll move him by a deadline. You know, we talked about Patrick Kane. That's probably a long shot. Um so, Una, I mean, it really all depends on who's bad and who's out of it come the deadline. But um, I think Lou's certainly going to be in the mix for Tarasenko in the summertime. Uh, during the during the season, I just don't think he's going to get traded. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a talent-rich draft. So, Lou may be thinking that if they're better – then they're going to be last year. He will restock. That's what Alex is saying right there. By the way, Alex, welcome to the show. Uh, Tarasenko is a good name that CJ threw out there. And you know what? Tarasenko might be one of those guys. The Blues are good. They might want to move him sooner than later. That way they don't I have mean, to because he, he's not staying. We all know this. And I know that they're going to yeah, be good. He, and actually, I think with them, they could be great. But they're not going to be able to afford both him and Riley. So, yeah. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I should say. ROR. Yeah. And see, I, I agree with you, but it's let's just face it. It's not. It's not it's not happening. Um, it's going to stay status quo until the trade deadline. I mean, I don't want to say never because, I mean, you, stuff stuff moves happen. But now is not the time that you really see a trade like that go down. I mean, no, um, your earliest, yeah. you, earliest you might see is a little condensation from my ice coffee I mean, Gar- on there. I mean, Gar Snow did the Molson for Vanek trade in, you know, October or early or early November. But that's not, you know, that's not the that's norm. way early. Um, that was yeah, way early, I and I can't believe they pulled that off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and kudos to Snow for realizing his team wasn't playing well, and he knew that he knew he wasn't going to keep Molson, and he made a, and he made a move. Um, didn't work out in the long run, but I credit it for trying and, you know, getting that elite talent at the time. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see Lou doing anything like that, CJ. It's, we're going to have to wait to the deadline. I know you don't like it. I don't like it, but um, it's what's – and, again – 
And I said things can happen, but I I would be I would be floored if uh, if something like that happened right now. That was that was one of those perfect storms when that happened. You had two teams that could not afford players that they wanted to keep. It doesn't happen very often. And I mean, hell, the Bruins ended up losing Johnny Boychuk, and uh, they were off a President's Trophy winning team, I think, that year. So. Uh, let's see. Um, Mike, I think that's I think that's almost a little unfair, but I think it's just I think it's he needs to modernize a little bit. But uh, so we'll take we'll take some more questions going forward. Oh wait, uh, here you go. This is wicked right here. If I'm Lou, I'm doing everything I can to keep my first round pick unless mm-hmm. it's for pasta. And any team that gets him, I would tell you right now, they better have another contract ready to go. Yeah, I would. I mean, he—he's a name though. If the Bruins, if the Bruins are a bad team come the deadline, they're gonna make—they're gonna have to make an an interesting decision on him. Um. Wow, we got actually a lot of good questions. Uh, what happened with Paul Yarby yesterday? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming this is Jesse Pugliarvi. Yeah, he he spelt it like Magnus Pavari. He used to play for the Oilers. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't hear anything about him. All right. Well, we'll take it. We'll take a look into that one. That one kind of came also, out of nowhere on me. Also, keep in mind that the the waiver waivers is at two, by the way, now instead of twelve. But uh, it was light. It was light today. But in the next. Tomorrow and the day after, there's going to be probably a lot of guys put on waivers to, as teams get their rosters set for, you know, for the start of the season. D is asking, what if the Islanders are losing close games? Does Lou get so, go out and get someone to put them over the top? If they're losing close games, I think they're going to focus on defense. That's just what I think. Not really get a, a particular player. What do you think? No, I would disagree. I mean, if they're losing two one games, it's not your defense; it's the scoring. Okay. So, yeah, but it, it, I don't know. Again, I don't. I really don't see Lou doing anything right now. Well, we got uh, Alex again asking: Think Barzell is the number one center, or do they just need to get him some uh, score uh, scoring? Yes, they do. They need to get him better wingers. But Barzell is definitely number one center. Yeah. Yeah. You sure. put him on any other team in the league. Number one center. How cloudy is it outside, Anthony? It's, it's it's very cloudy. Yeah, I know. It's like usually you have a lot more natural light in there. So yeah, it's raining. It's it's dark. Yeah, I got. I'm getting none of that right now in Hicksville. I think so. As I as I go, I, I went and I looked outside. Like I mean, you yeah, you usually have tons of light in that room. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders. Uh, the Islanders waved Dennis Flawski today. So he's he's a name on the waiver wire. Richie, how you doing today? And uh, the answer on that is, I believe, twenty four twenty five is when the cap goes up. Uh, and there's there's a lot of numbers that are interesting about the cap going up that it likely can go up. I think I, Anthony, I heard as high as ninety two million. Yeah, ninety two million. Mark, um, what uh, what Rangers do you expect to get put on waivers in the next? couple of days before the season starts here. God, I hope I, I hope it's Jimmy Vesey. 
Uh, I well, don't think it's Jimmy. Right, Jimmy, Vizzi, Jimmy Vizzi Mark is on a PTO. He can't be placed on waivers. He's just simply released from his PTO. Okay. So who do you expect to be actually waived? I mean, I'm, I'm counting their Julian forwards Gooch. right now. Uh, they got 13 forwards. Uh, Julian Goche would be my candidate. Julian Goche yeah. and Dryden Hunt would be my two candidates right there. Because, I mean, Julian Goche is probably number one because he's like almost persona non grata. Uh, so there is um, Matt Bartowski and Jimmy Vesey that's on the PTOs that are right over there, as we did say. So thanks for correcting me on that because sometimes I need help with the CBA stuff. It's definitely not Sammy Blay, I'll tell you that. And it's definitely not going to be uh, Vitaly Kratsov because – well, isn't, isn't Vitaly Kravtsov still waiver exempt? Yeah, but it's it's a one way deal. I think one way only said, one one way only means they get paid the same salary whether they're in the AHL or the NHL. One way doesn't mean it doesn't have anything to do with waiver exempt. Well, I'll tell you what the the reason why I'm saying it like that is they don't have to worry about it because if they if they send him to Hartford, he's gone. He's, oh, he's not he, going to Hartford. I mean, it's just that simple with him. I just, I don't, I scoffed at it last year, Anthony. I didn't think it was going to happen. And then suddenly it did. And then I, now I, I can't even say. I think yeah. he's exempt. I don't think he has to go through waivers. I think he could just be sent down, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I do expect Julian Goche to hit the waiver wire in the next day or so though. It's It's got to be Goche. And I don't think Goche is. Oh, David, David saying Krasov does have to pass through waivers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, the, I, the Rangers, the Rangers would not do that then, because for what he makes, someone would probably take a flyer on him. You would think. Uh, and uh, CJ, I'll look that up in a second. If the Devils don't improve, do you make changes or give it another year? Um, I mean, they, Alex, they still have a young. They still have a young team. The changes would come at the coaching level. I don't. It, w- it wouldn't come at the roster level. And both of us picked the first coach to be fired, Lindy Ruff. Yeah. Jack Hughes is trending right now, by the way. Let me check on that. And, of course, you know what the good part is? We see right away the first comment on Jack Hughes is uh, our own John Falkowski talking about his his edge work. Hmm. And uh, Jesper Bratt's improvement isn't just playing with Jack Hughes. It's his edge work. So uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's did, good here. We did talk about Jason Robertson. Um, you know, still still unsigned in Dallas. If you're a Stars fan, you're, you know, obviously a little anxious right now, the fact that he hasn't been re-signed. Um, I, I'm still a little surprised they didn't make it more of a priority to get him to get this deal done. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm, I'm befuddled by that too, Anthony. Hmm. Like, how is that possible? By the way, the, the Oilers are $7 million over the cap right now. Yeah, they, they, they have, uh, they have work to do. <clears throat> And by the way, just to say for the record, uh, uh, just trying to figure out Pulley Arvey's name. I mean, just, 
that spelling on that's all over the place. So it's totally fine figuring it all out. Uh, let's see. Uh, so far, not hearing, not hearing anything about about him that was anything bad. Uh, saying that his defense got a little bit better. All right, not anything for Pugliarvi. I don't say. The people saying that he deserves a chance. That's about it. Yeah, I gotta assume that. It would be possible that the Oilers would trade him, but I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sold on it 100%. I do know they need to get under the cap. I don't know what they're going to do to do that. But uh, And the Wild will have extra because they'll be out of the cap. Hell by then, yeah. Uh, almost getting part. closer. I'm going to get the pack in and get rid of a uh... – Start to do some stuff. Hey, here, so. no, it's totally all right. Hey, we're, I'm happy you were able to do an hour and 48. And yeah. you know what? Yeah, you're, you're off to a much happier place. So, <laughs> yeah, you go ahead, go enjoy it and uh, enjoy your vacation. Thank you for all the Islander knowledge that you bestowed no upon everybody. Anytime. And uh, I, I can't wait to cut together the NHL oh. uh, preview with this. So. Next, uh, next Wednesday, is there's going to be our first show, all three of us back. Right, all three of us back. All right, the band's back together. Hopefully, I'll be a lot more tan. (laughs) Yeah, but without with us not doing a show in the meantime, or maybe I'll try to do one just that way you could call in shirtless again. Yeah, (laughs) um, I'm going, uh, I'm going to the uh, Bahamas, the uh, the Atlantis. Um, I actually, I actually won the uh, won the trip. Um, so let's just say I'm a little bit of a degenerate gambler. Um, no, but when when sports betting became legal in New York, I uh, I immediately signed up for Caesar's Sportsbook, and um, I, you know, I I hit I hit early. It was like a twenty five dollar bet, and I won like seventeen hundred. So that that uh, that enabled me to have, play with house money, really. So I started making you know, larger bets, like a $500 bet. I forget what it was. And that 500, that $500 bet hit. And I think I won like three, I won like 3000 or something like that. And then, uh, yeah. So I just, uh, built, kept built up a nice little bank there and kept moving up the rewards tiers of Caesar's rewards. And it got to the point where you get like a complimentary five night stay at the Atlantis. So, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And he did, and, and and what's and what's Anthony doing? He's taking the wife and kids and going right up there or down there, I should say. Yeah, and they uh like I said, I've never been there before, but apparently it's really nice. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Um and yeah, it's you know, it's um it's much needed. It's 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 much needed, especially you know, with after you know, I think most people know that we've been doing a show for for a while with, uh, you know, losing my mom in in April. Um, you know, that that was, you know, that, that was that was really rough. And even, you know, even the, the two months, the two months prior to that was 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 really hard, too. So it's been. Yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a tough it's been a tough road. So to to, you know, get away and, um, you know, just kind of relax and just forget about everything it's uh it's 
it's I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely welcoming it uh for sure. So well, anybody uh, deserves a holiday, it's definitely you, man. And yeah, I appreciate it. And I th- thank you very much for that, Wicked. That's uh you know, it's not to get too far off topic or, or sappy or whatnot, but you know, it's you know, lose you know, I knew it was gonna be I knew it was gonna be tough, but you know, losing losing your mom is something that I guess it's it's, it's just hits different. It's uh you know, it's it's your mom. <laughs> yeah. you know, so and say I'm, I'm the yeah. only I'm the only panelist that's on here that still is fortunate enough to have both of his parents. Uh, although my father's, my father's threatened to go several times. Um, but it's, it, it's something that I hope I don't have to worry about for a while. And, you know, and it, it, more power to you even for me and strong enough to get through it. So. Yeah. And honestly, you just never yeah. know. I'm glad you still have your, you know, you still have your, your parents and, you know, um, and as some, as sometimes, like when I'm when I'm feeling down about it, you know, my mom was seventy, was seventy one, um, and then I think to myself, like people like Phil lost her mom when you know she was in her, I mean, he was eighteen, so I'd imagine she she was probably in her early fifties, and I think, wow, that's that's mm-hmm. even like so much worse. So I understand as much as it sucks for me, I, I know there there are people that that have, have had lost their mom or whoever much you know earlier in life. So it's, uh, you know, it's. So yeah, it sucks either way. I guess the point is, no matter no matter what, but it's just, you know, it, yeah. It, it's like, I mean, really, my, yeah. my, same thing. Same thing. Like you said, my cousin Phil. He uh, he passed when he was, I think, 50, 57, 58, something like that. Uh, he's the one who I play the outro song "Bye Bye" for, and yeah. uh, that was one of his songs. And yeah, he prostate cancer just took him way too early. And yeah. he had two teenage daughters that were behind. So yeah, it's just um, you, you're you're fortunate to have the ones you love as long as you can. I really appreciate that, Guntu, uh, and I hope everything is is you know well. Your mom and you know prayers up for that, and hopefully yeah. she you know gets into better health because you know at the end of the day, if you don't you know if you don't have your health, you really don't have anything. That's why I always say so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry for you know your lost wicked. That's that's yeah. That's I mean that's tough. That's that's real tough. That's you know a young age, you know, big influence that point in your life. So sorry for that. That must have you know that must have been really 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 hard. So I yeah I feel for you. Like and that's and it's it's it sometimes it's like I don't want to use the word guilty because you know, I'm almost guilty for having uh, having all my the the. My grandparents, I think I lost one at my my father's father died at 48. That was about it. But, yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate in the situation I'm in because I don't get the not many people yeah. get to have that anymore in yeah. any way. So and see, this is yeah. what I mean. Like, you know, that like that's that's so much imaginably worse. Like that, that's terrible. So that's why sometimes I I I feel bad that I'm even feeling bad and sort of sort of speak. Because I do think of other people who've you know, lost her a mom at a much younger age or whatever, but you know, but yeah, that's 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 really hard. I can't even oh. I can't even fathom you know fathom yeah. that. So, and you know, it says thirty. I, I so I'm I'm thirty seven. So I'm right there. I'm right there with you, Mike. So 
ever. And ever and I always kind of say with you, you, your mom's still with you every single day. You're with your kids and every single day that you're you're just trying to be a good husband. That's what you carry on their legacy. That's what you're always going to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, to, to get rolled into that, but yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to getting to getting away and uh, just relaxing for a little bit. So, um, yeah, but anyway, so I'm looking forward to to being back uh, next. So I get back Tuesday night. So Wednesday Wednesday night, our first show with all three of us back together. Can't um, wait for it. The Can't season for it. and there's no games either. So yeah. that'll also be good. The season will have already been started at that point, right? Because yeah, the Rangers the, begin Tuesday night, and actually the Islanders are going to have a game that night, the thirteenth. So. No, the the that's the twelfth. I get back the eleventh. The twelfth is a Wednesday. We're doing our show on the twelfth, thirteenth. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I had my dates mixed up. The regular season actually starts on Friday. The Predators and the Sharks in Prague. <laughs> yeah and it's 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 one of those things i keep forgetting that that's happening on friday oh and you know what anthony really quick one one quick thing we still haven't talked about how about roman yossi scoring in switzerland yes that's cool i i, I that, that was awesome for him from being you know being swiss and being able to go there i'm sure it'll be it'll feel even better if he scores in a regular season game but uh yeah good for him and uh yeah that don't don't forget about that game. Two o'clock on Friday, the season kicks off. Afternoon game, so a little probably be a little bit of a weird time for people on a Friday at two o'clock. But um, you know, and it's also preseason games are still going on while they play their regular season game. So that's that's uh, odd. I mean, the Rangers conclude their preseason tonight. I'm going to watch that, so I yeah. can't wait for that. And yeah, the, Ra- the Rangers started up out of nowhere. The Rangers play the Islanders on Saturday, which is a preseason game, but yet the Sharks and the Predators will play their second game against each other on Saturday. Actually, so, didn't know that. I, I didn't know that the Rangers had one more preseason game after that. Jeez. Saturday against the Islanders. All right. I, I can yeah. guarantee I am not paying any attention to that game, or at least I better <laughs> not be, because uh, there's, there's supposed to be some playoff baseball in New York. So yeah. there's... God help MLB. I will kill them all if they don't make it to primetime games this weekend. So that will drive me up a wall. That will drive me crazy. You want a day game? Put it on. Don't do it on Sunday either. Just three straight games. I hate I hate this best of three first round anyway. Yeah. All right, Anthony, go run along. Right. Uh, I'm probably yep. going to do another. I'll see you guys I'll later. It's myself. All right. Enjoy your trip. Our world traveler, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Let me answer some more of these questions that you guys got for me right here. And yeah, Richie, I know the Devils, there's so so much of a positivity feeling. I don't think they're going to get off to a good start and they're going to end up uh, removing Wendy Ruff from there. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, Chris Frost, you're killing me on that. I got to make a shirt that says like Justin somebody. Uh, probably Justin Huberto, but state you, you really said it right there. You know, you know, devils don't have a real goalie and I still don't think they do. Cause th- look, we take Vanacek and Mackenzie Blackwood both have, have never been healthy. And for that matter, Jonathan Bernier either. So there's another one, Justin Hayek for the heart. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, Justin Hayek would be a lot better than uh, Libor. Although I still say it over and over again, the only Hayek I want even near the New York Rangers is Selma, because I will welcome Selma Hayek anywhere. So, um, uh, Justin Pugliarvi. Uh, well, Vegas has to trade someone for this year. You can't buck tradition. Yes. I mean, they, they, they got to they trade for the, the most shiny toy. That's what they always have to do. Uh, Justin Pugliarvi, uh, waiting to see how Hubie plays with Calgary. I tell you what, he's got an eight-year deal. He better play good. But uh, I think he might get a boost from Calgary being so, um, like, more of a hockey town and... I just look at that center depth. They're going to be, they're going to be real good. I don't know what the fine is for being over the cap, but we're going to find out soon enough. There are still right now, boys. There are still 10 teams that are over the cap. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Wow. And the Vegas Golden Knights are 50. $15 million over the cap. And what I, I think a few years ago, what they did was they dressed certain people at certain times. I don't know. Uh, now the Vegas golden Knights looking at their cap friendly spots. Uh, uh, Robin Leonard is on IR. Shea Weber is on long-term IR. Um, Andrew reserve is Nolan Patrick and Nicholas Haig. So there's two other ones. And they got to sign Haig. He's one of those free agents that they got to get under. Um, geez, they're in a they're in a precarious situation to say the least. And I drafted Logan Thompson for fantasy, so can't wait to see that one. By the way, we concluded our uh, poll that we had up here. The New York Islanders are they a playoff team? And a resounding fifty three percent said no. So we'll see about that one. Hopefully that'll still be, uh, hopefully the Islanders pick up and, uh, get in there. Patrick saying Anthony is the man. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony is the man. Filk, Filk right there. <laughs> or, wait, wait, oh, or maybe Anthony's not the man. <laughs> no, no, Anthony's still the man. Have fun on vacation, Anthony. And he did say where you're going. Um, Remember how the Rangers got off to a slow start when they played in Sweden? Here we are in Europe again. Uh, watch that. Uh, well, that's no, the rain. The Rangers don't start. I think they start. They start in the Garden, don't they? I might be wrong now. I might have to go research all that now. Uh. David saying, welcome to the Winners Club. I won tickets to the All-Star Game last year. The only problem was that I couldn't make it because I had surgery three days prior to the event. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, somebody else was able to take those tickets. Thank you, David. Thank you very much. The only problem for that was, in, in my case, I had uh, uh, I had 20 hours of flight delays because I had a trip planned for Nashville. And then I ended up going from Nashville to Charlotte's then a connecting then i booked a new flight with a connecting flight which was jfk and then 20 hours of flight delays uh david's saying uh make sure that they uh 
Uh, wait, wait. You wanted to leave the wife and kids and go meet a scuba instructor? <laughs> Gonna say a little bit of a uh, along came Polly reference. So let's see where we are. I. Hey, Anthony, uh, who the hell is Gustav Rydal? <laughs> I actually, I actually really didn't even think of who that was for a second. So. Good thing I know Anthony is still still watching. So he's going to comment on that right now. Gustav Reitel. I'm going to try to figure out who that is. It's like Judge freaking Reinhold. Um, this is great. This is dead air. There's lots of it. All right, let me get all the way to the bottom. Uh, oh, he's in the mix for the fourth line center. Okay, thanks. That's the reason why. Because I, I haven't seen, well... I haven't seen most of the games and I was at the devil's game and I was wasted for that one. So, all right. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to answer that question for you later on uh, because I'll be watching the game without being drunk. So that would, that'll be a help. Uh, thank you, Anthony. I can see you looking at me right now. Um, <laughs> um, music's I'll give you a better, uh, a better thought on that later. I still, still think it's going to be Barkley Goudreau as a third line center. That's why I kind of don't even think about guys like Carl Hendrickson, who was trying to make the team or, um, or, I mean, this, this is like one of the prospects I wasn't even thinking about. There are those guys you, you, you read the list and you say, Oh, Hey, that guy's got a shot at making it. And then I didn't think, um, see, I, I, I don't think he should beat out Carpenter because Carpenter just signed as a free agent. You're just wasting money then. So this is, let's see if Carpenter there's some guys that are really down on Carpenter. There was a guy that was kind of flipping out about Carpenter the other day on NHL network. Uh, yeah. 750,000. I don't know if the Rangers are going to eat that. Just, just like that. Oh, Hey Donnell. Uh, I know you guys are both Dolphins and Bills fans, but what do you think of the New York area football Jets and Giants? And my answer on that is I'll be going to the Jet game versus the Dolphins this week. A friend of mine who is a huge Jet fan and season ticket holder has talked me into going to the game with him. We're both bartenders in Wontaw, and uh, he'll be operating on five hours of sleep, and I'll be operating on four hours of sleep or maybe three. So uh, that'll be fun. Hopefully I get in there. Uh, and have a good time and not fall asleep at the game because that would be good. The answer on that is the Giants are kind of an underwhelming 3-1, and one, and the Jets are – I think there's more promise with the Jets at 2-2. Two and two. I think their defense has played a lot better. If they had any quarterback play, I think the Jets could have been uh, obviously 3-1 and one as well because Joe Flacco was just utter garbage when he was playing. And I also think a little bit of uh, the paper tiger was uh, Baltimore. And you're kind of starting to see that because if Baltimore, if the Jets, again, if the Jets had any quarterback play, Baltimore would have lost to all three a AFC East teams that they played so far. So not a big believer in Baltimore uh, for a lot of reasons. So Carpenter wins faceoffs, And yes, that's going to be important. I'm going to probably see, 
Gustav tonight. <laughs> Thanks very much, Musics. I I was right behind the eight ball on that one. Like, uh, uh So, Dawn cares about money. Yes, that's true. Carpenter is a great fourth line center option. He wins faceoffs on both sides of the ice. That is very true. By the way, we got Big Apple Hockey stickers that are available now. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing with them yet. I mean, I would love to send them out to everybody. So, uh, I definitely know I put them with the hats. So, you order a hat, you get a sticker too. Uh, you know, Baltimore, yeah, but yeah, Baltimore would have lost the Pats. Yeah. Donnell's asking, locally, where do you see the three teams being in the Metro division of the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils? And yes, actually, by the way, Mike, I would love to get big Apple hockey tumblers. Uh, this is sort of my cheat for it right now. I keep shopping around right now for a good price. I have a Shopify store, but I'm not exactly thrilled with it right now. I'm waiting to see what's going on with that. But Donnell's asking, locally, where do you see the three teams being in the Metro Division of the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils? Realistically, I'm going to say the Rangers are going to take second place. And the Islanders could sneak in the fourth spot or even the third spot. Hopefully the fourth, so that way the Rangers don't have to play them in the first round. And I think the Devils are going to be behind Columbus. And I think behind Washington, I think Washington is going to have the drop off. So I'll put the devils at, is that six? I think it's at six and it sounds like it might be offensive, but I do have the devils improving in points. I'll, I'll say they get to the eighties. Uh, and the, the whipping boy of that division is going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. The, I, I don't even know what the hell is going to be happening with that team. Iowa Wild, they're going to be awesome this year. Granny is saying so many good young guys. And yes, because the Wild, they're going to have to rely on their young guys. They have $12 million where the cap penalty is and $14 million the next two years. Hopefully they get out of cap hell soon. And right now you got to say they, that uh, Bill Guerin is doing a great job given the cap problems that he's doing, that he's dealing with. I mean, he inflicted it on himself. And even Ryan Suter couldn't believe that, uh, that, Nobody was there. Hey again, Brian. I'm gonna get to you in one second. Everyone has said that the Jets have more talent than the Giants, and the Giants have better coaching than the Jets. Well, the Giants, I'll tell you what, I I kind of said this before about Vitaly Kratzoff, uh, or last night during our Rangers special of uh oh uh that office space joke about okay, so what do you say you do here? I say that almost to Daniel Jones. Like, what does Daniel Jones really do for the Giants? He runs a little bit. That's about it. He's not a he's not a proficient passer. He holds on to the ball too long, takes too many sacks, and like it, it, the Giants should be done with him sooner than later. I I just don't see how that's going to happen uh, on that. Zach Wilson. Well, he brings a hot mom and her friends, and then after that, he could be a little bit inaccurate, but he also has more talent than. Then Jones for sure. I would I would go with uh, with with him, but uh, it's just as far as the Jets go, I wouldn't exactly condemn Sala and his coaching, but um, I think Jets could be a lot better. And 
they're gonna they're gonna tie the Dolphins this weekend in, in record. I'm already saying it. If the Dolphins somehow win with Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback who I mean he was good a couple years ago when he was with the Saints, but and I like Teddy Bridgewater as a backup quarterback, but I mean, I wasn't exactly sold on Tua. The guy's made a glass and showing it right now. And I feel so bad for him because it's like the Dolphins are playing weekend at Bernie's with Tua uh, Tungvaloa. So I almost called him Tagliavoa. That would have been worse. Uh, moving on. No way Baltimore would have lost the Pats. Yeah, we need the Big Apple Hockey Tumblers. I'm, sh- I'm shopping around for them. Looking for a good one. So what do I think? So Mike is asking... So what do you think of the Eichel curse? Will it finally come to an end? Mike? No, it won't. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the Western Conference. Here's one of the problems I have with that. Now, it's one big thing is, uh, is it Logan? Was it Logan Thompson? Is that who the Vegas goalie is? Uh, I, I should know. I drafted him in fantasy. Yes, it is Logan Thompson. It, it, the question is, can Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill really take a lot of games and a lot of pressure off that team. I don't think they're going to. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, great coach. I I just don't know uh, what, what exactly they're going to be doing over there. See, it's it's hard for me to to, to I don't, I want to put a pin in Vegas, and a matter of fact, I'm going to. My surprise team is the is the Canucks. I think if the Canucks had another, if they if they got Boudreaux in tow. Two weeks earlier, they were the fourth playoff team, um, not just Vegas. So it's it's going to be. I just I just don't think Eichel's. I don't know when Eichel might ever play a playoff game. To be honest with you, because after this year, is Vegas going to be anywhere near anyone? Like they're they're kind of sinking like a rock because they got just just looking at their at their forwards. You got Mark Stone, who's going to be 31 in May next year. But you got Eichel at 25, making 10 million. You have Stone making 9.5. And then they have 5.9 for Carlson, 5 for Marcheseau, 5. They, they kind of got their money in Petrangelo, Stone, and Eichel. And I just don't know. They're $15 million over the cap right now. And they got, although at least they got their first round pick this year and next. So, look, Kelly McCrimmon's got it, a job he's got to do. I don't know how he's going to do it. So, uh, Carpenter wasn't impressive at all. He has done, he hasn't done well in faceoffs. He scores less than Hunt and Gauthier, which, wow, I don't even know if that's possible. Sam down to Hartford, like Goudreau plays center. And the Flyers, no one is healthy. No one is healthy. No, Kevin Hayes is healthy, but you kind of wish he wasn't. So I've never been a Kevin Hayes fan. Never been a Kevin Hayes fan. But uh, yeah, a good enough player. It's just, you know, don't want to look at his uh, game face. Wicked is saying the whole concussion saga with Tua made the league look so bad and look very bad for the league. Yes. I mean... It's it's just no the, the you you can't you can't have it that way and this is the problem I I have with the the concussion evaluation because they got the spotters and everything but sooner or later there's going to be teams trying to exploit the rules just for competitive balance 
and whether it's in a good way or a bad way. I mean, and, and again, players' health should always be paramount. If it's for the health, it should be paramount. And that's why last year with all the COVID restrictions, it was all over the place. And also, I don't want to see – I want to see quarterbacks that know how to avoid a hit. That's why I think the running quarterback is a little bit more of a fed. I mean, just because – like, I, I – I love Lamar Jackson, but if that guy's, I keep saying that guy's going to have the shortest, best career, which isn't true because Gail Sayers still will always have that. I mean, that guy had a great career and, and a movie. So, um, but the, I worry about like Lamar Jackson every time he dives head first. And a lot of guys keep doing that. And you get the guys that are sensible that that know how to slide, like take, for instance, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes. I wonder what they all have in common. Oh, they played baseball. So I, I still don't understand that one, how NFL players don't know how to slide. Maybe Vegas will trade Jack Eichel and retain salary just to be cap compliant. Oh, my God. If Jack Eichel has to get traded again, that would just be just absolutely horrific. 250 right now, guys. I'm going to start the song at 255. I have already gone five minutes over. Uh, yeah, and no, Sayers is in the Hall of Fame. I think he used to say, "Give me six inches of daylight." That was that was his uh his great his great quote. He, he that you ever look at the highlight films of Gale Sayers? That that man. And there's a reason why with the Bears, there's a great argument on who's the greatest Bears running back of all time. Is it Walter Payton? Is it Gale Sayers? Is it, uh, let's see, we have uh, oh, Red Grange, uh, obviously. Uh, that's another one. Uh, by the way, everybody, uh, Mike is reminding me about this. He reminded me about it before. Everybody, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. I'm going to have more videos coming on out. Actually, since I have your attention in the comments, guys, throw down um, any ideas for top 10 lists you would like to see. I'll try to get more out there. Uh, we already did uh, the video games, which I always love. I did the top 10 underpaid players. So uh, I would love to get more of those because they're always good and we got the new we got the new uh and also yeah everybody boo keep like um i'm just terrible at pimping myself out i really that's where i really need somebody to help me out with that uh yeah i love i i kind of hate how the roughing the pedestal calls and the nfl hitting the quarterback is caused to get deep penalty yeah but once everybody uh, once everybody adjusts to that, then they know where the strike zone is. You got to hit the middle of the body. You can't hit them below the knee. And you can't hit them at the head. We'll call the head the Troy Aikman rule, the knee the Brady rule. And uh, just always just that, that's what they got to be doing. Uh, Devin Hester is the great as the greatest running back in history. Actually, Devin Hester was a cornerback and a wide receiver. He was the greatest punt returner in history slash kick returner so after all he opened the super bowl with a touchdown i mean i think i think he's the only player ever to return the opening kick for a touchdown so uh yes bry we we covered it you can go all the way back to the beginning that was actually the first breaking news that we had uh 
and it's a clear indication of the Islanders actually keeping their their athletes, which will help the Islanders down the road. Can't say that enough. Dave is saying top 10 times Mark fumbled an athlete's name. Oof. Uh, I'll have to look for all those. I actually have an outtake reel of just my narrations for the other video. There's there's a lot of cursing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Top 10 overrated, or even if I want to do the overpaid players. That's a good one I should look at, Granny. I should do that. Do I think Zach Wilson can be a franchise quarterback? He's in his second year. He could be. So, have you ever done top 10 draft day trades in the NHL? That is a great question. Because here's my question. Does Eric Lindros fall into that one? So... That one I'll have to discuss with Anthony and Philk because we're going to need to to talk about that one. Um, yeah. Granny, by the way, thank you very much. Enjoy. Uh, yeah, Dave, I did do that. Well, Windrows would be number one if it counts. And the other thing, because the other thing is it was two different trades and the guy that had to decide was uh, was it Larry Bertuzzi, but Todd Bertuzzi's uncle had to decide. And the Rangers had a, a trade uh, trade in place, and so did. I mean, Phil is like the expert on that one, so I have to ask him about that. Um, Donnell is saying I kind of hate the oh the, the same comment from before. Sorry about that. Uh, Wilson needs to focus. Uh, <laughs> Wilson needs to leave the MILFs alone and focus on football. Ouch, David. <laughs> Top 10 Ranger headaches is what David is saying, or Mike is saying. I'm sorry, Mike NYR for life. Uh, yeah, there's there's a couple good, good ones out there. I gotta figure out what the next one is. Maybe overpaid because I have to now. I do you, you do underpaid, you do overpaid. Where are the people taking everyone to jail? If you under, if you overcook chicken, jail. Undercook, uh, sorry, overcook fish, jail. Undercook chicken, jail. <laughs> you missed a dental appointment, jail. Top ten teammates hated that hated each other. There's a good one. That one I have to do a little bit of research on because, uh, and again, Phil's got a bunch of those. I guarantee it. But uh, there's got to be some. There, I have to make sure on that based on reports, because one thing we don't want to do is we don't want to be a rumor mill here. There's let me just say there's there's another YouTube channel that gets a lot of views. That's a bit of a rumor mill. I'm not doing that. I don't want to be a rumor mill. And it drives me crazy because then guys are getting 10,000 views for Patrick Kane rumors. And I'm just like rolling my eyes because I don't want to cover that. Or the ones that keep saying, talking about Anthony D'Angelo stealing K. Andre Miller's puck. It didn't happen, people. So, uh, Tony D is probably near the top of the list in the top five. I would not be surprised. But here's the thing: when a guy's your teammate, he's usually at least a good, a good egg at that time. It's just when he's not your teammate anymore. We're at two fifty-six right now. I'm going to wait a few more minutes and start up uh start up the goodbye bye bye
Goodbye. Time to go. We're going to have this on uploaded for iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. That we're also on that. Uh, we're going to be launching a TikTok page. I uh, roll my eyes just thinking about it, everybody, because I, I am not a TikTok fan. And I, I, I think I, I think I just saw Anthony look back at the camera like, oh, wait, what? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do stuff like that because everybody's got attention spans about the length of a goldfish these days. That's why I appreciate all of you from Mike, who's been here from uh, minute one today. David, who's been here from a minute one. Don Murdoch would be. <laughs> Uh, David, oh my goodness, David coming down with the, the fire on that one. <laughs> Top 10 wives Shanahan slept with. Ouch. Uh, uh, I can neither confirm. I'm reading just, I am just reading a comment. Everybody, it is not, it is not the opinions of Big Apple Hockey or anyone in. It's just, you know, just where it is. Uh, oh no, Steven just chimed in. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Hey, how about that, Steven? It also, it also was great seeing you this weekend. Uh, twice actually, but yeah, dark horse Calder trophy winner. Um, uh, William Eklund. Yeah. I, I like Eklund and I like him in San Jose. They were raving about him last year. Steven, you coming in in the last five minutes yet again. I only got nine people on right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good seeing you. Good seeing you right there. Yeah, because I got yeah. Did I already did two hours and, and twenty four minutes? <laughs> I I I wish he is. I and mean, after all, he was three years a rookie. And yes, it's always better late than never. All right, but yeah, I know everybody. I I know I know it's gonna be. Tough. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, we got saying. Yeah, it's Steven, we'll figure out a show that we'll get together at, at some point. Do a little merging of Rangers review in this and uh, hopefully wishing Tyler well with the New York Mets. Um, Mike is saying couldn't agree more. World class talent flushed down the drain with drugs and booze. Yeah, Dom Murdoch is really a guy that really messed up his own career. But. Ah. And the Foz Truth, checking on in. How we doing? How we doing? All right, guys, we're going to start playing bye-bye right now. As Anthony was mentioning about um, family members, this is my cousin Phil, who is way too young. 30 number. Maybe, yeah, 30. Everybody was talking about that one. But, oh, yeah, Wardy. I didn't get to see him this weekend with uh, uh, on on Wardy Mets, but it's he, he must have been going nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but see, so you know what the great part is? When you get good content, you just watch it no matter what it is. Ooh, thanks for another banger of a show. Thank you very much. Like I, I guess I think there's one guy I would love to have on either O Nyquist or uh, Rob talks hockey. 
Uh, I think he's a Canucks fan. He's, he'd actually be happy with that. There was a, a Winnipeg fan that we were talking to last year. Anthony always has connections. Um, and actually, uh, I get, once I get off, because I'm going to start uploading this for uh, the audio people. And uh, one thing, I actually have something I have to tell Anthony because we might have a future guest that might be available soon. So, um, um, which could be a former New York Islander. So, yeah, the hockey guy's another good Canucks guy, too. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I kind of half-assed the Mets a little bit this year because I was focusing so much on the, the Rangers, but, you know, I, I love my Mets, and I got... Two Jeff McNeil jerseys. One of them I must have ordered when I was drunk. I'm going to have to address that situation soon. I think I'm going to have to take a, a week off and cleanse and maybe another week off. But I'm going to wait till after the Rangers opening night so that way I can at least enjoy life. But, yeah, I'm going to have to do a little bit of that. All right, guys. It's been a great show. Once again, talking about the New York Islanders and their predictions. Uh, the Rangers, obviously, there's... It's it's great that, um, yeah, baseball is always great. I, I think great baseball is great no matter what. By the way, Mike, but uh, I still think it's it, it's not a homer pick in my opinion. The the Rangers, I think they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals, so we'll see about that. And uh, but the Calgary Flames, all three of us, very high on the Calgary Flames, and I can't agree with that more. It's there. The Calgary Flames have a hell of a team all assembled right now, and it's it's going to be tough for them. That's a great defense core. If it was, uh, uh, I think General was uh, was on here. He would actually be saying that baseball is best drunk. Baseball is best when it comes to the playoffs because that tension of the untimed sport really comes in. So. Again, everybody, make sure you leave a like or tell everybody else to leave a like because uh, I'm terrible at doing it. I mean, you think shameless self-promotion would be one of my specialties, but it doesn't really uh, work like that well with me. But everybody, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm going to get to work on uploading this and hit the gym because I've got to, you know, trim this fat ass down. And I will see you guys soon. Uh... A wicked saying, <laughs> that's how my mom feels outside out, outside of the playoffs. Baseball is best drunk. All right, guys. Everybody, thank you very much. We'll see you soon. And uh, I'm thinking about probably doing a post-game show at least on Tuesday night. We'll, we'll see about that. If not, I think we're going to start doing one-minute videos for the post-game. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>